On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, the two lead bozos talk about all of the new Star Wars collectibles coming out of Toy Fair 2020 and how much cash they've already dropped on pre-orders. They also discuss Luke's new yellow lightsaber before getting into a conversation on how pathetic the home release is for Tross. Speaking of pathetic, they also talk about how deleted scenes from that movie will probably only ever be fleshed out in comics or the novelization. Of course, they riff on the debut of the Clone Wars in their favorite parts, while also discussing some chatter from Filoni on Ahsoka's fate. They also talk about the J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens Star Wars project rumor, Darksaber duels in Mando S2, the curious Bob Iger news, and of course, the High Republic publishing announcement. Finally, these gas bags of never-ending nonsense wrap with the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week, complete with mentions from their fans. Can someone shut me up and cue the music already? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Yes, I'm trying to be as annoying as possible with that intro, but if you listen to Stern, you know where the hey now comes from, right? Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. All right, my friends. Well, as you heard, there is a shit ton of Star Wars stuff to talk about and important stuff, not just the random tangents that my friend Nick and I have been going on these past few weeks as we've been meandering through the relatively light Star Wars news schedule, but thanks to New York Toy Fair and the Project Luminous reveal, we've got plenty of stuff to riff on this week. It's not like we ever need something to talk about. Nick and I can talk about anything Star Wars, be it how big is Darth Vader's penis, to should we kill all the Ewoks. Yeah. Right? I mean, there is no topic that is untouchable for the Star Wars Time Show bros. <laughs> I can already see it. We're going to get some fan comments on this one. Be like, no, you guys really need to do a special edition on Darth Vader's penis now. Like, we want to know. We yeah, they, know I mean, <laughs> we are attracting other <laughs> ding-dongs like ourselves, oh, which yeah. is kind of what I want. I mean, that, that is the Star Wars Time community I envisioned was other, uh, you know, degenerates almost, where <laughs> you, you can function in society but if people knew what was going on in your head, you would probably be locked up and put in a straitjacket, right? I oh, mean, yeah. Th- those are my type of Star Wars fans. Oh, yeah. Not the assholes, just the ones that are a little odd out there, you know? Yeah. I think someone on YouTube was a big fan of me uh, making a pitch to look at, you know, a-, a movie that was just about Vader's testicles or something. <laughs> so, uh, that- that's good stuff, people. We love you. But I- I'll be talking about some of the Star Wars Time Show fan interactions during our top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week segment. Uh, so we, we got plenty to get into before that. So stick around, stick around. You're probably going to get at least two hours of free. That's right. Free, free, free Star Wars entertainment. Maybe entertainment is a little too strong of a word for what we do, but you'll (laughs) at least get two plus hours of two Star Wars dopes talking about nonsense. So speaking of nonsense, Nick, New York toy fair, uh, went down last week. Yes. And, and, you know, naturally, I'm, I'm a collector. A lot of people listen to the show collect. I mean, that's why 
you know, we kind of looped in the the Instagram community because of the, the toy photography and collectors and just all that fun stuff. Uh, but Toy Fair is one of the bigger shows of the season to introduce new toys or see follow-ups on previous announcements. So New York Toy Fair 2020 did not disappoint for us Star Wars fans. Uh, I know my total pre-order bill coming out of the weekend was over $200. Uh, it's mostly for figures and whatnot. I, I know Nick was up there too. Yes, so I was said mine. It. Yeah, Listen my pre-order to total was two hundred and fifty dollars. See, he <laughs> beat me. We've turned Nick into a collector. And I'll tell but, you what did it. There, there was one thing in particular on here, and if you've been listening to the Star Wars Time Show for a little bit, you may know the one item that pulled my eyes to it, and that is the Darth Revan Force FX Elite Blade. There it is. And what's really special about this blade for me is, one, of course, it's fucking Darth Revan. But two, the thing that, that, that really kind of kept me away from all the Force Effects sabers before this was you could never remove the blade. So, like, Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like you can pop the blade off on this one. Yes, fully removable blade, full premium metal hilt. So Ugh. you're not dealing with fucking plastic here. Plastic, yeah, like painted plastic. So, yeah. hey, dude. Is this Force FX series essentially the old Master FX and what Hasbro bought it or something? Do you do you know any any of those details? I don't. So like I know that the Master FX line was discontinued at a certain point. It, it was right because that's that's where all mine come from. Like yeah. you said, you can't take the 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 blade out. The hilts are kind of plasticky in certain sections. Yeah. I mean, how am I fucking my my darling little Star Wars loving kid? Knocked over my fucking Darth Maul bow. Oh no! And it it, just, it literally broke. Like yeah. it, the fucking plastic just snapped. Yeah, on I the mean, hilt. So the one's completely trash at this point. Yeah. So like the Force Effects line has always been kind of like I, I'm in like a custom saber group, and what most people use them for is like easy rebuilds. Like they buy the hilt because they are, you know, they look like a real hilt, but they're not like made to scale for the most part. They're usually pretty chintzy, so you can like rip out all of the the, you know, electronics in there and then actually use it for kind of a, a base for a decent lightsaber build. But in terms of like what happened to the master effects and where that went, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they definitely started to to move a little bit more towards a, a more premium style build with the force effects. Hey, I mean, hell, the, the Master Effects, I believe, at the time cost almost 200 bucks. So with inflation, they probably now cost about 10000 Yeah, right. <laughs> so you, you probably, I mean, it's it's not a bad price. I mean, that, that's about what you're going to dole out at Galaxy's Edge for a custom. Oh, yes. I mean, your uh, custom costs you he's right got a, 250 It's a very interesting hilt, isn't it? Like, if you look at it up close... Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's very conducive to holding. Yeah. I mean, it's got, like, those fucking... Uh, edge lines that seem like they'd be right in the palm of your hand. I know. That's what I'm really interested to see, too, because when I get a, a new saber, I mean, at this point, I have three. I have three, like, official sabers. I have the Kylo Ren Disney Park saber. So do you go go all out then and, and get, like, a an acrylic box and... So and like, mount them on the wall, or the, how do you display? I, I definitely want to. That's going to be something that I want to do when I get into our house is have like an official on wall display for some of these, um, because I have a stand. I have a saber stand for the Kylo Ren Disney Parks. I have a saber stand for my my custom build from Galaxy's Edge, 
And then my third saber is a is a custom one from Saber Forge. That's not really linked to any character right. or anything like that. So you're thinking like displaying them vertically with the blades so you could pop on the lights if you wanted to or could more horizontally that. just the hilts? I would probably stick with just the hilts for the initial kind of idea but if you think in wall are you gonna go nuts like us toy fuckers i don't know and spend like a hundred dollars on glass shelves that you have to line lights in to look at i know that's the that's the trick for me right now like i could definitely (laughs) like build some on the wall shelves like just kind of build shelving units on the wall themselves you can actually use hammers and shit like skillfully. I can do some stuff like that. That's I can, right. I your, can, your dad's like a fucking Superman handyman. My right? dad is. Yeah. Like he, look, he imparted some of those skills to me. Okay, and so I can, like, did you want to learn it as a little kid or you just picked it up from him? I think that was like, like the handyman factor just kind of came naturally. Like just seeing him do stuff around the house, like, Got you know, and I'm not like nearly as, as handy as he is, but like, for like pretty simple shit like i can i can do it like i can do oh, yeah, that you're myself. you're way more advanced than me i mean th- this <laughs> is probably going to date myself and could even get me in trouble in this day and age but if you remember in love in living color yes yes i am damon wayne's just handyman <laughs> just completely right? i don't remember that from the show but i well, know l- the show. well look it up look up in living <laughs> color there's there used to be a character on there called handy man okay i have to look it up <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like he's a, he's like a superhero special guy. But that that's my <laughs> handyman skills. I mean, all I can do is smash shit. Yeah. So I can use a hammer, not necessarily to hammer nails, but to smash shit. But yeah, for me, like one of the big one of the biggest projects that I ever did with my dad, and like this wasn't just me and him. It was me, my dad, my brother, my uncle, my cousins. Like we all essentially built the entire inside of a house together. Oh, get the fuck out! Of <laughs> so here. like. When we yeah, you're more than a handyman, <laughs> you motherfucker. I mean, so, you're like yeah. a construction guy at this point. You're a carpenter. Yeah, like we, we, you know, we pulled all the electrical wire. We did all of the the sheet rocking. We did all the cutting of the sheet. We did all the flooring. We did all oh, yeah, all okay, of that yeah. shit, uh, so, dude. I struggle to build IKEA stuff. Yeah, like that's like that's, literally, <laughs> it's it's in a box. It's it's not even real wood. You essentially can just slap it all together, and I still just melt down. I mean, the last glass shelf I built almost got smashed because it was not going to plan in my head. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I mean, like that, that's I just I short circuit with this shit. So like where, where you like gotta <laughs> stick things in little holes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's frustrating from time to time, and especially those oh, damn hey. Swedes, dude. Like, they, they know how to make it a little bit more complicated than it should be. You, you learn something new every day about your Star Wars time bros here. Who yeah. knew that Nick was a, a carpenter? But, yeah, so even Nick himself got caught up in the New York Toy Fair reveals, at least from Hasbro. Couldn't help myself. Uh, some of the other stuff we, we got looks at, Nick. We, we've been talking about these, but we got the full, I think it's, what, 10-figure wave of the... Uh, ESB 40th anniversary card back figures. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I did not get all of these because a lot of these are reprints or characters that came in other sets. I mean, the Adat's a reissue. Ty's a reissue. Yoda's a reissue. Lando's a reissue with a slightly better face paint. Still going to pass on that. And Hothleia also a reissue. But the new ones here I definitely snagged. And that would be uh, Hoth Luke. So he's got his... You know, thicker, cold weather rebel pilot gear on with yep. a nice little condom head. <laughs> uh, we got the Hoth Rebel Soldier, which, Nick, this week we found out in that little case that he comes with. I see it. There, yes. there is a backup face 
Oh, is that what's Hasbro? Hasbro literally has a different face shoved in that dude's little box. Oh wow! Okay. Which, which for you know people in the collecting and toy photography, we were all like, "Holy shit, that is getting rad!" Uh, I'm he's still clocked in at twenty bucks too. So this is Hasbro again, kind of encroaching on that figure art space. Still not quite that level of quality, but. For $20, if we're going to start getting extra face sculpts and all the accessories this dude comes with, that is a bargain. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, So, yeah, snagged him, got Luke, got the new Bespin Luke because he's got the better head on there. Although I'm thinking now, (sighs) I probably should have just taken my spare Yavin Celebration Luke head and popped it on my old-ass Bespin Luke. But, hey, whatever. What's (laughs) what's another $20 to Hasbro, my friends, right? Yeah. Right? Right. And then uh, we got Dagobah R2, which is a nice touch. So he's got some kind of built-in weathering, uh, weathering on yeah. there. It looks good. I like that one. That's a that's a really fun build for R2 here. Yeah, so I, I didn't go with the full wave, which I, I'm proud of myself because, uh, you know, you talked to Matt two years ago or uh, – yeah, three years ago when they did this for A New Hope. I was like, I got to have them all. I got to have doubles so I can open them and then keep some and look at them in the package. Like, I have my own Toys R Us here. And I've kind of gotten over all that shit these days. So uh, <laughs> just just opted for the ones that were new or improved. So go me. Go me. Say a little restraint S- goes a long way, Steps in the right friends. direction. <laughs> because you know what I did? Just today, we get news that this new Mezco Gomez is up for pre-order for $200. So I uh, went ahead and dropped $200 on him. Nice. (laughs) Instead of rebuying all these old Star Wars toys. Uh, We also got a shot of the, a better shot of the six-inch IPD. And dude, I mean, that is just a mean fucking looking droid. Yeah, dude, that looks so good. I mean, I don't, how much does this cost? Is this like a more? I think this guy's going for... 30 maybe wow man 30 bucks for something that looks this good i mean it's a glamour shot like you put in the post but like this thing looks really detailed it, oh yeah like it's it's pretty awesome. i just again like we were, i don't know we were talking a week or two ago when we got the the leak shot from someone at a store i i was i was just unaware of how large these ipds really are yeah uh, you know compared to a, a humanoid close close in size to a human figure yeah so they probably really did need both Chewbacca and Han to take one out. Yeah. I mean, you needed a distraction and you could right, see it. Right. Yeah. Like, and like, that one even. Chewy just got Chewy. was like, yo, just shoot at me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and even Leia said once they popped it, like, oh, it must have been set to self destruct because the, it blew up so easily. Right. They're like, there's no way your blaster bolts would just fucking torch the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brazilian. So, that, you know, I'm glad to like get a glamour shot of him because he, he looks great. And I think uh, some people already got a hold of him somehow. I believe his name's Todd Hoffer or Hoffner. I shared a shot of his uh, this week on at Star Wars Time Show on IG, hashtag Star Wars Time Show. And he looks great. So this next one, dude, this was a surprise. I don't know if it's a surprise to everyone but me, but we are getting a uh, 112 scale snowspeeder with Dak Raltar figure. With Dak. Oh, man. Yeah. So you know why it's not with Luke. That's because they want you to buy Luke yeah, in a separate Luke is pack. And then, <laughs> exactly. So then you can have them both. And, of course, I bought both. But it, this is a, a surprise because we really do not get, at the at the 112 scale, a lot of vehicles these days. Uh, the last one I remember was a TIE fighter from The Force Awakens. Uh, I don't – you know, I think we got, uh, like, Emphasis Nest Swoop Bike from Solo. 
but that's really it. They, they don't really release one t- 112 scale X-Wings and shit like that. So I don't know. I, I was kind of pleased to see that they're willing to maybe offer more 112 scale vehicles. Looks super nice, and I mean, having the DAC figure included with it kind of compete, you know, completes that little duo oh, yeah, from yeah. the beginning. You have of to have Empire. them both. So yeah. you, you can reenact a scene. I mean, knowing Sir Dork or someone like that, <laughs> I'm sure they'll drop gasoline into the cockpit and light DAC on fire. I mean, that's how he died. So <laughs> right to reenact him getting essentially melted to death. Uh, so that, that was kind of a surprise. I like that. And then the the, the last one that kind of caught my eye i'm not going to get because i just i can't afford to be mixed up in multiple scales of figures again but the the uh three and three quarter inch slave one set the new slave one man i mean that's just that is a damn good looking ship the way they weathered it and detailed the outside i i like what they're doing with the vintage collection hasbro i just i can't commit to buying it i can't do it yeah, it's going to take, there'll be one figure that comes out. Maybe it's two years Don't do from it, now. Nick. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's like you're te- tempting a crack addict <laughs> with an eight ball right now. Like, it's, don't do it. it I don't need be. it. Not right now, though. Right now, you're going to. I don't know how you're staying away from this. I mean, you're right. This Slave One looks so it's good. It's fucking money, dude. I mean, yeah. that it, that is, to me, it, it's almost shelf worthy just to display it. If that's what that thing looks like out of the box, mm-hmm. weathered like that and detailed on the back, that it's like a fucking model kit. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's beautiful. So, I mean, I, I, I commend you for not purchasing that, knowing that you are this this crack addict of a, of a toy collector. Well, they I mean, even give hard. it that nice stand to prop it up so you can display it. I know. It's such a dumb-looking fucking ship, but it's cool. I don't know why. Like, it, the mechanics of this ship make no fucking sense. No. <laughs> like, if you... I have a friend, my friend Phil, who listens is an aerospace engineer. If he talked about space one to me, he, I mean slave one to me, he'd be like, "Yeah, that that would never work." Like he would well, just think like the, the way he loads the cargo in Empire and then goes vertical, like all the shit. Yeah, okay, I'm sure it's locked into place and stuff. It just it makes no sense. Phil, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm almost sure that you are. Give me a little breakdown yeah. on Facebook. Like, uh, let's say one. he's got some motherfucking <laughs> passengers. Where do they sit in the cargo? They just fucking strap themselves to the back wall or what? Yeah, I, mean, I know. It's a little weird how this is set up for I, sure. I don't know if Django built this ship or what, but it's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so moving on. Uh, that, that wasn't the only new toys we got. I mean, obviously, Toy Fair uh, was a huge draw over the weekend. Our buddies over at Exclu Magazine, they were on top of all this stuff. Really, that's where we got most of our content, so don't forget to check out xcluemagazine.com. But we also got some reveals for some new Mandalorian toys. Those of you that are into uh, the Cost Baby line from Hot Toys, there is going to be uh, multiple, multiple characters from the Mandalorian to collect. And honestly, if I didn't ruin myself on the, the chibi aesthetic with Funko Pops... These ones, Nick, especially Din and the child in chip in cosbaby form, it's oh, like yeah. man, these are some cute looking motherfuckers. They are, <laughs> dude. Like I, this is something that I called out right when they, you know, started oh. to release the the looks at the little chibi figures for for the child for Baby Yoda, and I was like, man, this is the style. Like if I'm gonna buy any Baby Yoda merch, like it's probably gonna be this little cosbaby figure or some sort of chibi form of him because it's it is it's just fucking cute as hell even little heavy mando is cute. Oh, i was gonna say dude <laughs> the cutest one of them all is probably the fucking heavy 
I mean, it looks so good. Just this little little chibi Mando, heavy Mando with his blue armor and his little chibi machine gun. Like, it's, yeah. it's great. That's, I mean, Baby Yoda is almost a cheat for the cost baby line. It's, like, too easy to make a cute Baby Yoda. But the fact that the, literally the heavy just looks like the sweetest character in all of Star Wars. Yeah, like, you would never hurt a fly. <laughs> no! That, the, that little... Chain, he would never yell at our buddy Din and basically call him a scumbag. There's yeah. no way. I mean, he looks like the death. most cuddly bear of all time. Yeah, it's 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 a fucking fantastic looking line here. If you guys want little desk, uh, you know, desk mates or something like that, I feel like these would be perfect for it. Yeah, totally. Uh, I we didn't really get pricing. These things do get up there, especially if they're in like a two pack set. Uh, but it looks like they'll be dropping sometime later in 2020, Q2, Q3. Uh, I'd imagine pricing per figure, if that's how they're going to roll, would, would be at least $50 minimum. So, wow, okay. Uh, they're not cheap. They're, they're definitely a little higher end than a Funko Pop. Okay. Speaking of Funko Pops and Baby Yoda, I actually went in and, and canceled my Baby Yoda Funko Pop orders after this next topic Oof, this release, which is another baby yoda figure that is in my opinion a must buy so we got word of this again right before toy fair uh, i think this is another uh, hasbro offering yeah it is but hasbro is now offering what i call an affordable animatronic baby yoda or the child whatever the fuck they want to try to gaslight us into thinking his name is <laughs> uh but this guy is only gonna be 60 bucks he is a he's an animatronic meaning he's Kind of like the, the puppet in the show, except he doesn't cost $5 million. He costs $60. Uh, he's going to have 25 different sound and motion combinations, my friend. Uh, and we even threw a little video in there so you can kind of see what he does. But, I mean, he, he the movements are pretty spot on. So, as I was saying earlier, I went in and I'm like, you know what? I don't, I've now got the, the sideshow one-to-one scale motherfucker. I'm probably going to buy the Hot Toys 1-6 scale once that gets dropped. I've got all the plushies ordered, the other ones ordered, this ordered, that ordered, the Black Series. I had to get this animatronic now, and I was like, you know what? Fuck the Funko Pop. I did it. I canceled that motherfucker. I was like, get out of my cart. There you go. I mean, I think, I think this is a, a good replacement for it. This, well, it you know what it, this thing reminds me of? It's, it's like a little Furby, right? Like it reminds Yeah, yeah, me of a yeah, Furby. but not as creepy. Yeah, yeah, Furbies were demonic little beings. Or, you know, if my, my era, Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpins, yes. Yeah. I remember my sister had like a knockoff dog. You like pinch its ears and be like, hee, 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 that feels so good. Shit's creepy as fuck. Like I literally still have nightmares thinking about that thing. Oof. Or you'd hug it and be like, ooh, that feels so good. You're my buddy. You're my <laughs> huggy. See? See? This shit fucked me up. Man. Oh, so, man. Uh, that means I'm basically going to put this animatronic Yoda in my kid's room, and hopefully it'll fuck her up, too. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, you better, you know, make sure Charlie doesn't get a hold of this one. Because I imagine, like I said before, with the one-to-one baby Yoda, like, that is going to be Charlie's new best friend. <laughs> well, that, no, that, that's going to be my second child. That, <laughs> that one will stay with me. It's probably going to go to work with me, ride in the front seat for HOV lane, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, I think I have enough plushies and, and backup baby Yodas that she'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm at least 500 plus deep on Baby Yoda collectibles, and I don't have a single one in my fucking possession yet. <laughs> That's oh, the best man. part. 
That is beautiful. That is, that is the best part. All right, man. So that, that kind of gets us through all the new toys and collectibles. As always, if you really want to get the in-depth knowledge on new toys, Star Wars toys, any type of toys, you got to check up our friends over at Xclue Magazine or XcludeMagazine.com. So uh, hit those fools up because that is their bread and butter. The toys where our stuff is the Star Wars nonsense with toys mixed in. Yes. Um, so... You know, Nick and I, we're these massive, we are massive Star Wars comic book gurus at this point. We are geniuses. We have all the knowledge in Star Wars comic book lore. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we've each read about three books, so right, we're so there. that means we're, we're fucking experts. <laughs> yeah. We're experts already. Uh, but we got an interesting tease for the the standard Star Wars line, the one that uh, kind of, I don't want to say rebooted in 2020, but essentially kicked off a whole new uh, era and storytelling is everything now is taking after taking place after Empire. So yep. we're getting stories about you know what were what were the rebels doing in between getting fucked by the Empire in Empire and then fucking the Empire in their butt in Return of the Jedi, right? So uh, we're getting some of these stories, but uh, thanks to a cover tease of issue six, which is I don't even think due out until May. Yeah, no, we're on issue two now, so it's still a ways away. Well, yeah, three comes out. Today, if you're listening on release day, which you should be, you motherfucking scumbags. So if you're <laughs> listening on Wednesday, Star Wars number three should be out, which means I'll be reading it and probably cooking up a video that no one is going to watch for Thursday. But anyways, like Nick said, this one's a tease for number six, but we, we get a pretty uh, nice addition to canon that ties all the way back to 1970 Star Wars and to The Rise of Skywalker, Nick, and that's a fact. That one Luke Skywalker had a yellow lightsaber. Yeah, he had a blade in between the star, the Skywalker family blade that he lost at the end of ESB and the blade that he built right before the beginning of ROTJ. Now, it is a yellow blade, so this ties directly into Rise of Skywalker, like Matt said, via Rey's new lightsaber. And I, like, I found this pretty interesting, and I don't know if I read this online somewhere or not, but... Basically, this this blade looks like it could be a former Jedi Guardian blade, Temple Guardian blade, because they uh, wielded yellow lightsabers, and the hilt actually looks very, very similar. Yeah, I think uh, you get to see them a little bit in Rebels, right, in action? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't Kanan tussle with them a bit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so here's, it, like, like I, I kind of tease that it also ties back to 77 Star Wars, and that's the fact, and, and someone reminded me of this on Instagram, and I fucked up by not writing down their name. I'm sorry, I suck. But the first ever Luke Skywalker in his pilot uniform figure came with a yellow-bladed lightsaber that shot out of his hand. Oh, wow, really? Actually, no, it wasn't the pilot, it was... Straight up, far, farm boy Luke had a yellow bladed lightsaber. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I know I don't know if some people are like, oh, this dude, this could fucking Ray had a yellow one or whatever. I don't even sense the anger anymore. I think everyone's kind of like us at this point. We're like, well, Disney kind of fucked up that trilogy. Ho hum, right? You yeah. Know, it's not even worth getting angry about stuff. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's. In my opinion, it's far better than the prequels, so I am happy with it. But, I mean, yellow lightsaber, yeah, you could say that it, they did it because of that. You're establishing a piece of film canon, but I feel like this has already been established, like you said. You know, 
there's plenty of content out there that featured yellow bladed lightsabers, whether it be through books or through video games or something else. It's not like the first time we've ever seen a yellow bladed lightsaber. Oh, hell, it looks like they even gave Bespin Luke a fucking yellow bladed lightsaber. So back then, uh, George or Kenner had a fucking hard on for giving Luke a yellow lightsaber. They just wanted to match his hair. They were like, oh, he's got, you know, a yellow. That's pretty guy. much exactly <laughs> what it looks like, too. You know, if you pull one of these guys up, I guess I should save one here. So since we're talking about so much, I'll throw it in the uh, video version of the podcast. Uh, which, I mean, I do think YouTube dilutes our, our downloads per episode, but oh well. It may. It may. Well, we're never gonna we're never <laughs> gonna figure that shit out. Like, we will never truly know how many people listen to the show yeah. outside of what we see on our, on our site. Yeah, that's it. And like, all those numbers come from our, our you people <laughs> listening through the actual website, so. which is crazy. <laughs> which means we're probably doing even better than a four hundred average. But who the fuck knows? Oh yeah. So I mean, I mean, numbers have definitely gone down in February. So shame on all of you lazy <laughs> assholes for fucking ditching us already after January. You guys suck. But they're still. Like, like really good. like mountains above what we were doing almost all of 2019. Oh yeah, oh yeah, still really good numbers. But if you, so but numbers. you know, I mean though, if you factor in the iTunes, the Spotify, the YouTube, oh yeah, you could probably say we're doing at least 500 per episode. Though. Oh yeah, I mean we we have a a pretty good listening, you know, group of fans now, and I appreciate that from all so of you. Get some, there. get some. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review. I saw the ratings go up on iTunes by a factor of two, meaning plus two. So two more so, people. There we yeah, go. Yeah, let's, let's literally <laughs> bump that up from 21 now to like 101, okay? Yeah. Can we do that at least? We have you 80 know? people listening who haven't reviewed and, Instead of Patreon <laughs> shit, remember, just go rate. Takes two seconds. No real money involved. All right. So anyways, Luke's got a yellow lightsaber. Fucking A. Here we go. Everyone can have their own color blades at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, sticking with Skywalkers, I guess. Yeah, sticking with Skywalkers, and then we'll get back to the comments in a second. I mean, we all know that the Rise of Skywalker home release is getting ready to come out via Blu-ray, via digital download, via VHS, probably not VHS. But if you're like me, I already have Rise of Skywalker pre-ordered through Voodoo, and now we're kind of learning about all the special edition features that will be... Uh, coming with either your digital download or your physical purchase. And one of those things will not be deleted scenes. Yes. Um, is it really a big surprise that, that Disney decided to wax the deleted scenes from Rise of Skywalker, given the huge amount of controversy that came out over, one, the length of the film, and two, how much of it was cut, even as close to release date as like a month away? Dude, I mean... It's a guy. It's a fucking travesty. It Let's is. not sugarcoat this, because I think what this move signifies is, yeah, we don't give a fuck about the Skywalker saga anymore. We don't give a fuck about the full cut. We really don't care about you guys wanting to see all the footage cut. Eat our collective dicks. Bye, bye, Skywalkers. The the only thing, and again, I I, I hate. I, I don't hate that I do this because this is my <laughs> role on the podcast. <laughs> The only thing that I will say is that that they may be holding... I mean, like, there have been rumors out there. I mean, rumors, you know, just speculation and bullshit out there that we may get an actual extended cut of The Rise of Skywalker. No way. It's not going to happen. The, but 
by holding back the deleted scenes, what they may be doing is saying, okay, here, here's your theatrical cut of Tross. JJ is also not, there will be no director's commentary from JJ on this. Not surprising. Um, there's no deleted scenes, but that could be a hint that, hey, maybe six months down the line, maybe, you know, a little bit down the line, we could get a, a, a full out three hour, 15 minute cut of Tross that includes all of those deleted scenes that would have come with the now, you know, initial home release of Tross. That's just the Jedi version, you know, uh, Jedi I know. Nick saying I know, here. I know, I know, you have to do it, you have <laughs> to do it, or you, you'll start dipping over to the dark side, and then you'll end up on Octo with Luke having a fucking pity party. Uh, if, you're right, I can't but do di- it. But it ain't gonna happen, man. I mean, if, if, they're, if they weren't even ready to put deleted scenes into the mega Skywalker Saga 4K UHD super duper resolution box set... We're not getting them ever. But that's going to be, that's the, that's the triple buy draw because you're buying the 4k box set no matter what. I'm Dude, buying They didn't it. even do a double buy on the last Jedi probably because of fan backlash. The but only it, double buy they've done so far in the new trilogy was TFA because they did the, the first release and then the 3d super release like that following, uh, you know, holiday season. Yeah. But 3d died. Like if three, like 3d. Yeah. But it, on that, I do. I also believe they included they did have, the commentary and this, yeah. and there was some extra shit. They had made more it worth stuff. buying. I'm telling like again, but it's just to me, cause you're going to, you're going to buy the, this home release. Maybe. I mean, it's going to be on Disney plus. So they're probably going to see a significant drop in the number of purchases overall for any. Oh yeah. I mean, my, my stunt guy buddy used to be mega star Wars fan. He's like, I'll just fucking wait for Disney plus for Tross. I'm not buying that shit. Yeah. Like I, and he liked the movie too. It's not like he hated, but I think like the rest of us were all just kind of defeated at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I already pre-ordered, so I'll have mine through voodoo. I'll have to buy it. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, Lucas has me hooked to his fucking heroin ever since I'm a little kid. Oh, I, yeah. He doesn't even own it anymore. The dude still got me coming back chasing the dragon. So, and so we're gonna. But I'm not that. buying physical. There's no fucking way. And all you people out there getting excited to go buy the 4K UHD box set, stop it, stop it. I don't know, dude. I think when physical that thing, media is dead. I think when that thing hits, I think you're gonna get it. I think no you're way. Gonna, you're no. gonna, I can tell you right now, man, you, you can put those two fingers down, quit waving them, because I'm like, <laughs> Watto, this shit doesn't work. <laughs> there's there's no way. But I, I haven't bought a physical disc of a film in at least two plus years at this I point. I haven't either. The last the last physical disc that I bought was Rogue One. No, yeah, it was Rogue One. That was the last one. Cause yeah, that, probably me too. Yeah, because I got Solo Digital. I got TLJ Digital. I have now I have Tross Digital, but but even with that, me saying all this stuff like this is the triple buy opportunity. You you give them the you're, scale. You're down. not wrong. You're not wrong, and the Star Wars greed is strong with the license holder. I mean, anyone that holds that license, it's I'd imagine it's it's probably like a drug because you know how much power you wield over consumers. Yeah, 
I mean, you uh, you know, like so yeah, I, I guarantee there's like this is essentially Nick at Disney right now. Like, let's fucking do three cells on these motherfuckers. Oh yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> look, you know, there's a story coming up later about Disney's inner workings and you know what what may be coming in the future. But like, if they know that they're like, okay, we have people, pe- like it may not be our doing, but people are now functioning under this idea of the JJ cut. It's out there. People know about it. A lot of people. Uh, okay, well, there's been a lot of people functioning under the Snyder Cut for how many, what, five-plus years yeah, at this but, point but almost? Yeah, but DC sucks. Like, Warner Brothers and DC just suck. Like, And then the big difference with that is the Snyder Cut exists, but it's a completely different, like, you're, you're, you're now taking what was the release of this kind of half Snyder, half... Um, Joss Whedon thing, and, and it would essentially be if Co- Colin came back and dropped the Colin yeah. cut. Like you would have to, like you, you would essentially be saying, "Okay, we're releasing the Snyder cut, and it's uh, now Colin. replacing like all the Leia scenes. They just dub in footage from like Return of the Jedi, and it makes no sense. Yeah, it's like, hey, well, she's still there, and we're not using a digital version. Yeah. So with with the JJ cut, though, you're you're <laughs> telling the same story. You're just giving it all of the right. context that it deserved in the theater. Dude, you're not wrong on any points, and I would love to see it myself. It's just, it's not going to happen. I know, but I got to hold out hope. Because if I don't hold out hope, what is left? I am, I am our last hope. I am the Luke Skywalker of the Star Wars Time Show. But, uh, I mean, but there are some good special features coming here. I mean, you have a full a feature-length documentary that goes through the making of The Rise of Skywalker. Some people will watch it and throw fucking knives at their TV as they're watching it. Other people won't watch it at all, and I'll watch it. And I'll, I'll watch it, too, it. but I, I still contend that what Ryan did with his, like that very personal, that was essentially, like his. I believe, the story of him and Mark coming to terms with what he did to Luke. Yeah, like that was. was the, but it also showed the making of the movie. I really, really appreciate that style of a uh, documentary approach to that. Yeah, that was really super interesting, and I enjoyed it as well. I mean, I, I yeah, this one is probably going to be more focused on like the actual production of the movie and not really the filmmaker's journey. Um, but I also don't know if there was a story to be told like that with this one, like because literally the story of that was like making your main like the former main character of the entirety of star wars come to grips with the what with what you've done to him <laughs> like it was it an- really was I, like i i i think that was the intention too yeah but like i said i mean the the, the underlying te- the underlying uh, goal was to show us how they made the movie yeah um and then yeah, like, all the, all the other stuff's bullshit. Yeah, the other right now. The it's other stuff bull- is the Pisana pursuit. Who cares? Aliens in the desert. Stupid. Yeah. The other one that might be interesting is uh, War- War- Warwick. So see, like Warwick Davis, and then having his son there with him this time, like yeah, I'll, I'd probably cry over that. You would no about that. <laughs> so, oh, I know I would. I mean, dude, I I think we've watched Frozen two four times now since I've we bought it on Voodoo. Yeah. And it's not, I don't know, it's just, it's Frozen to, Frozen to me as a parent, it's it's like the music gets me. Yeah. And the fact that my kid loves the shit and at least throws on an Elsa costume once a week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I'm broken these days. Yeah. I, I probably get emotional at least once a day. Wow. In, my, in my old age now. That's being the... Being a dad and... Sh- Dude, being a dad just fucks you up. Other parents out there listening... 
chime in on this as well because I know that that our buddy Greg he's a he's a papa and my buddy Phil's a papa and there's it a lot fucks of you up man <laughs> like, in a good way I'm not saying it's bad I like that I actually have feelings but I, I mean <laughs> I am a very uh, emotionally retarded person in terms of like I, I just have never been good at showing emotions accepting emotions dealing with them yeah, it's just you know, like most most men or boys that grew up in the '80s, you you know your your dad still was a a boomer and he was raised by a hard ass, so you know you you, you were taught to you know fucking suck it up, Buttercup, that type of shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the older I've gotten and the more experiences, the more enlightened, and obviously becoming a dad. Yeah, I mean, uh, it almost feels good to embrace feeling a bit yeah <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. i still only feel in in the negative uh i don't really experience too many positive emotions but i can definitely let let sadness and depression affect me now. <laughs> well at least you're you're i don't know if that's right a good thing but uh, you know i definitely you know, i, I to listen to music like when i really want to feel i'll throw on music that i know is just gonna wreck me because i that's the state of mind i like to be in <laughs> it's just like fucking devastated nice and reflecting about life and this that and the other thing well if that's what you like to do i'm a sith motherfucker what do the, you want me to do i this, mean if the, if the music gets to you then this digital exclusive you know little extra that we get might get to you because this is the maestro's finale as they call it if it's, it's, it's legit i i honestly think all these outside uh, legacy like the full-on and, and the 15 minute pasana I, I think they're gonna be like two three minute five minute jerk off thing i don't know dude like this one because so this one maestro's finale is john williams reflects on his body of work for the entire skywalker saga okay, maybe they'll give john eight minutes yeah like if they if anybody deserves a I wouldn't say feature length, if, but if anybody deserves 45 minutes to talk about his contribution to Star Wars, it's John motherfucking Williams. Like, John Williams... It, it, dude, it is a shame what special features on home releases have turned into. Because you know. know as well as I do, when, when the DVD format first dropped, like, turn of the century... You got so I much mean, people, shit. everyone, they're like, fuck, let's re-release this movie that's 20 years old and throw on a commentary, people will buy it again. But then, oh, yeah. you know, they would actually put good shit on there because that was a huge selling feature now. Like, DVDs, all the extra space, it looks great, and you can get all these special features it's like yeah but mm -hmm. i mean to this day the the model of excellence in special features is peter jackson oh yeah i mean in the, particular the, his lord of the rings trilogy and the hobbit yeah the the lord of the rings trilogy box set like i bought the the mega deluxe extended there's edition, like blah, 16 blah, blah, hours oh yeah the the behind the scenes is almost better than the film yeah it's nuts like you have like you have two discs per two Blu-ray discs per movie, and you have special features on top of right. that. Like it's it's crazy. unbelievable, and it's all well done. It's all with purpose. It's not just some intern bullshit. Like uh, I, I mean, you you can go back and watch these and probably learn how to make fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a masterclass of. It's just you don't you don't get that anymore. I mean, you you do not get it. I, I was so glad that he did it again on The Hobbit. Now you know The Hobbit's not nearly as good as LOTR, but it's not a pile of shit at least production wise. And the the fact that even in this day and age, being on that type of budget and crunch, he still was willing to invest that time to capture the entire production. I, I love that. I feel like that is like 
for Peter, like that's his, he enjoys doing. Oh yeah. I mean, he, well, the, the second time around with the Hobbit, like he had his own fucking series. Yeah. Like he, where, you know, it was like every day or, you know, at least once a month he would shoot a main part for special features. Yeah. So I, I really think all these are going to be bogus. Uh, the <laughs> documentary should be pretty good, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think, dude, we're we're going to watch it with wondering minds. Like, uh, how much did they cut from this? Yeah. What did they not want us to see? I mean, oh, if, well, I see that. Why wasn't it in the movie? Yeah, no, you're right. But for those of you who don't want to wonder and who want to know what's actually going to fucking happen in these deleted scenes, now's the time to move over to the fucking comics again because yeah, how about all, this all Th- of this deleted to me, dude scenes. is yeah sorry that was a, that was a fantastic segue <laughs> yeah but all of the deleted scenes from tross are going to be in the marvel's uh the marvel comics rise of skywalker comic run like all of the deleted scenes are not and that, all, my most. friends is the final kick in the nuts to the skywalker saga and its fans yeah dude it's that, 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 i mean are you kidding me i mean are you kidding me it's it is it's unfortunate it, it's really kind of it. and this is nothing <laughs> against comics because if you've listened to our past two or three shows we are clearly fanboys of the comic medium now it's just it's mind-boggling and we know these scenes were probably shot on film with real money with the actors it is mind-boggling that we just talk about how they're not going to give us deleted scenes on the fucking home release, probably ever, and we're not getting that fucking extended edition that Nick's talking about, ever. And now we're talking about how, oh, hey, uh, and this was like their big selling feature, by the way, my friends, like, hey, guess what? There's going to be scenes that weren't in the movies. It's like, well, double fuck you. Yeah, it's not, so... First off, let me take it. It's not all deleted scenes. They will add in some deleted scenes. (laughs) Yeah, that's even better. Okay, thanks. Some deleted scenes. And it's a five-issue run, so it's not like... And it's going to cover the full events of Tross. So this is what Marvel's Rise of Skywalker is. And it is. It's a real kind of punch right in in the balls uh, you can almost guarantee <laughs> like, the fucking Oracle's going to be in the first issue. Oh, you, you know it, because the Oracle was such a visually, like, captivating piece. Perfect for comics. Yeah, oh, perfect. Yeah. It's per- like, there was no reason that you would ever not include that in the comics, because it gives good context into, one, how Kylo just found the Wayfinder on, on Mustafar, and two, like, you know, how, like, his search for for this in general, because basically from what we could see in Tross, like the actual movie, like he just showed up on Mustafar and he knew it was there, but he was searching for this Wayfinder device for a while. Um, and, and we well, might get the, a little the bit whole, of... The whole scenario is, I mean, he knew it was on there somewhere, but he still needed this Oracle's help. They they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Cut it out for time. Fuck yeah. it. Who cares? Who cares about exposition? We're just going to cram two movies down the throats. <sighs> Yeah, man, it's it's look, I'm glad that we're getting something like I'm glad that this comic you know thread is releasing and that we're going to get to look at some of the things. Well, yeah, that for lazy people, it's going to be better than reading the fucking novel. Yeah, like which will probably have even more of the deleted scenes. The, in. the novel is something that I like 
like we're gonna get to to more kind of novel comic book talk a little later in the podcast. But like, the, yeah, we, yeah, we better talk about that because we're gonna need a plan. Because you know, my fat ass is gonna read <laughs> these books. But um, <laughs> you're gonna have to fucking take that. I on. know it's gonna be a. I'm I'm gonna actually have to do some fucking work. <laughs> like, but um, I, I can't even like audio book them, dude. I just it's no. not gonna happen. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I really do hope that. That the one, the trust novelization gives more context into what was in the deleted scenes and that this comic thread gives us a good look at what we could have seen, uh, you know, represented on screen, at least in, in comic form. So oh, it'll look great if anything else. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's for sure. Um, the comic thread comes out in June, so we're still a few months out. So for those of you who haven't picked up comic books yet, even though we've been imploring you to do so with the rise of Kylo Ren and the Star Wars 2020 run and the Vader run that Matt's been recapping as well, this may get you out there. I mean, I know that I have friends who are, you know, a little bit disappointed in Tross. Maybe this this comic thread can assuage those those, you know, angers a little bit. So <coughs> Hey, what app did you say I needed to download for uh, Galaxy's Edge? Uh, just the Disney Parks app. All right. Yeah, Disney Parks app. And then when you get Sorry. into Galaxy's Edge, it will automatically kind of put you in Star Wars mode. Got you. I- I'm like Dr. Manhattan. My mind is operating at various time Timelines. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even lines, just periods in time. Yeah. Like I'm living in the past and thinking of the future while I'm here talking to Nick. It's beautiful. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, th- this shit just bums me out. Uh, it's. I mean, I get and I that. hate to I, sound I, like I'm shitting on the comics because you know how much I love them. Yeah, I love the art and everything, and these these probably will be great. But it, it, you still have to wonder what, what was the fucking hang up with uh, you know maybe including some in the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. I I can't argue with that. I can't argue. With <laughs> it's it. ugh, Jesus. But I'm just ha- right. I'm happy it's coming. I'm happy it's coming out. Well, we like being happy, and our next topic is, is, is quite a jubilant one, and that is the return of the Clone Wars. It's back! It is back with the Bad Batch S7 E1 dropped last Friday. I was up bright and early. I think I was up yeah, 6.50 to, to, to check this one out. Uh, and it was great, man. I mean, it was, I think it was everything fans of the original Clone Wars first six seasons or whatever. Uh, wanted and hopefully we're expecting uh, i like the story i like the the threads it was setting up i like that it just focused on the clones yeah. right from the outset to I just kind of get us yeah. get us right back into that mindset and not you know the 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 big picture with the jedi and anakin and really the the movie people right yes uh so it was just great and you know how nick and i treat these things we don't really do a full-on recap and review you can check that shit out on youtube and i implore you to please Help a brother out because, I don't know, I might give uh, another week or two, but the recap and review vids may go away because I don't think they're quite worth the effort. But the Easter egg vids will continue as well as Nick Nick and I kind of talking about those. So I I got 10 (coughs) from this episode, and there probably could have been a lot more. I see some of these sites putting out like 40 Easter eggs, and as soon as I see that, you know what I immediately think to myself? What's wrong with you? Yeah, go fuck yourself. Why? Why? That's exactly... Yeah. It's like you're you're fucking stupid is what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I try to make mine short and sweet. All my videos I try to keep quick because I guess I don't have a very long 
attention span for entertainment these days, especially when I'm online. I devolve. I get dumber when I get online, as do most humans. Uh, but I think there's there's 10 good ones in here, dude. So we'll, we'll kind of riff through some of these. Uh, the, the easy ones, right off the bat, we see the, the 501 mm-hmm. and Anakin's ETA-2, a, a ship near and dear to my heart because of Star Wars Galaxy, Galaxy of Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Are you whipping, you whipping the fucking Kenobi setup these days? <sighs> dude, I am so far off from being able to get that that I'm not even, yeah, no. Is that just because you guys aren't getting the, that currency? I'm getting it, but I just had to like, so I'm just a little behind on the farm for it. So it. I, I'm, I'm working towards it. It's I'm a tricky it. motherfucker. Cause you, dude, you have to essentially have GK, which is general Kenobi yep. and, and Anakin uh, seven relic. Jesus, have to be seven. (laughs) Have to be seven rock. Well, at least they contend in my shard. And I know we're a little off topic. If you don't play Galaxy Heroes, you're probably like, "What the fuck?" But who gives a shit? This is Star Wars time. Yeah, no, I, I I have. I mean, they're both gear twelve. Anakin's almost reliced. Not so much. You also you gotta have Bosk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. His ship is the best ship in the game. Yeah, I know. Like even uh, versatile ship in the game yeah like even like houndstooth even if it's like five star you can put in lineups like it's it's just so good right like, and then you know uh fucking shithead clone oh yeah there's regular Rex, clones. yeah fives ahsoka five shit and plo Plo is not like I'm not even. That's not even in the. Well, it, the only reason you need him, he's almost like a a, a sacrifice. Because if you bring them off the bench, yeah, you know, I mean this is essentially this game. You fight with ships or you fight with people, right? And you have a team of and ships. It's what so uh, five on five at least. It's the most you can have on the field at one time is five, and then you right. can have a total lineup of seven ships. And there's synergies and shit. If you're all Galactic Republic, I mean, that, dude, we we could talk for days on this game. It, I've been playing it since 2015, I believe, every single day. Yeah. I don't think I've missed. I honestly do not think I've missed a single login yet, dude. It's I. It's, it's cracky, I, man. It's good though. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people bitch about it, and it's right. I mean, these days they're pretty much. If you want to get the 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 new legendaries, which are characters they offer for you to earn, but I mean, you have to have mega squads now. Yeah. And if you're not paying, man, I mean, Nick and I are looking at at least a year or more lag behind pay players. Yeah. So just for those of you who play the game, <laughs> if you've been tracking what you need for for Galactic Legend Ray and Galactic Legend Kylo. If you don't play the game, is. give it a try. Seriously. Oh, no, it's a it's a fantastic game. But like you need. Let's see. You need. 13 characters each, all seven star. You're going to need and horrible characters, man. Like Rose and, and oh, Holdo. Dude. Like you and I don't, I'm not like one of those people that hate them. It's just in the game. They're, they're useless. useless characters. Yeah. Useless characters. They're completely pointless <laughs> to own. It, 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 at, this, at this point, the devs are essentially looking at their database and their analytics and going, okay, which are the characters that most of our player base do not have unlocked or leveled up? Those are the motherfucking ones for legendaries. Yeah. That's, that is what they're throwing ships into the mix that aren't even in the same era. 
<laughs> I mean, you you have to have fucking Karth's ship from KOTOR to play in the Holdo ship event yeah, it from makes, Age of Resistance. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, it what makes the fuck? The Radis... I am so far away from getting the Radis that I don't even know if I'll ever get it. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I am, uh, I think, legitimately a year more away, so you're at least 10. Yeah, like, I'm not even close. Like, I'm still farming for, like, JKR, like, Jedi Knight Rebel. <laughs> like, I am not even close. Dude, like, you've been doing that for years, man. You're, uh, you're, you're doing something wrong at this point. I, like... I you have to get on a legit squad that, like, not... Not like douchey where they're all serious, but I mean, mine is so perfect because they are dedicated, but they're not overly nuts. Yeah, see, I mean, but that one drives of you know we get better reward. It's all about you know rising the fleet. Yeah, like now, th- like I'm in one of those now, but for like up until like three months ago, two three months ago, I was in a pretty shit guild. <laughs> like. So this one that I'm in now, like we actually, I'm just trying to teach you from my own hard lessons because I wasted the first two or three years doing what you did in an even worse guild. Probably it was mine. Mine was the worst. Like I was terrible. Yeah, I remember. Yes, Lord. We did nothing. Like (laughs) we did absolutely nothing coordinated. But yeah, I mean, like this one that I'm in has like a Discord and they have setups Uh, for all of the the, this game. It's the best. All right, let's let's, ding dong ding dong let's get the fucking train back on the tracks here that's essentially like uh matt and nick just had their own personal conversation forgot the mics were hot yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah so anyways back to the clone wars the bad batch we were kind of talking about the easter eggs um all right so uh, one that i liked i like when rex popped out that photo of his homies and Mm -hmm. and and we got the mentions of heavy echo and fives yeah and you know, throughout this episode, that's kind of one of the things that was always really cool for me is sticking with the old clones that we knew and that we loved, but also being introduced to Clone Force 99, which is another one of the. Oh, dude, they, they were great. Yeah. Uh, but I just uh, the one thing that didn't strike me right away until I saw it, because, I mean, we knew they were, they were going to be called 99 for a while. But when Rex heard it and he was like, oh, that's an appropriate term because he knew they were defective. And it, it points back to, I believe, season three, episode one. It's one of the best episodes out there. And it's very early on in the in the chronological rewatch, which I've now started. Uh, but we learned of Clone 99, who essentially was a complete reject of the process. Like, uh, he's, he's essentially like the hunchback in Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he had... Physical limitations. He was like he almost like if you look at a picture of Clone Ninety Nine, he does. He looks like a like an old man who has like he, you know his test tube palsy. did not treat him well. No, not at, at all. all. Yeah. So I mean, you, you could argue he's like probably one of the first ever specimens, and he just was not good. But they kept him around. He's a great character. He has a very uh, touching arc. So. Uh, the, when Rex tied that together for me, I was like, oh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kix and Jesse, all right, they're, they're kind of important because timeline-wise, we now know that this these episodes definitely don't jive with some of the stuff we've already seen. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, some of these characters' fates are kind of revealed. And, and what I did not know, Nick, and I'm pretty sure this is true, uh, but while I was researching some of these eggs... 
apparently a lot of these episodes were put on StarWars.com in a very rudimentary animated form. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so like, so some of the, these stories are out in the canon section on on Wikipedia. And they're just actually turning them into, like, legitimate television episodes now. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Okay. Because I, I found it odd that these entries were, were so up-to-date already. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw someone else. I, I don't know if it was on IG or whatever, but they're like, man, I really wish I didn't look at those fucking uh, early versions of this shit because they're essentially exactly what was out there wow wow okay yeah so anyways i mean it definitely timeline is off again which is which is weird and something that which is even weirder as i never knew the timeline was off the two times i've watched the clone yeah i know it's not that apparent that the time i'm a big dummy but when you do it it is like you literally there are two episodes that take place before the fucking movie I guess yeah. <laughs> I mean it shows how Anakin essentially takes Christophus in the in the first place. Yeah. In terms of how he lands on it and begins the attack and Obi-Wan shows up this that and the other thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean So so the chrono <laughs> is going well. I'm glad I'm doing it. I'm trying to get the kid to uh sit through it. So far she's a little bouncy, but that's just kind of the temperament these days, period. <laughs> All right. Uh, I okay. And Greg and I are, went back and forth on this, and I still think I'm right because in the end, the character that he was arguing is still based on the character I argued, and that's the fact that Hunter the clone looks like motherfucking John Rambo. Yeah. No. That's what is the argument here? <laughs> He's trying to tell me it's Charlie Sheen's character from uh, what is that? Oh, from Hot Shots. Yeah, like, hot shots. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's because he's a spoof of fucking yeah, Rambo. Yeah, he's a spoof of Rambo. So, yeah, I mean, look, y'all are both right, but you're more right because the oh, character that oh, he's... I mean, that, obviously. <laughs> the character that Greg is referencing is a, is built off right. of Rambo. <laughs> right, like I got him on the one, too. Yeah. It's, it's like one of these. It's like, do 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 is behind the back dribble. Blah! <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel bad for Greg. Apparently, he got broken into. Oh, no. Yeah, so I don't want to give him too much of a hard time. It sounds like someone busted in and snagged his uh, computer, uh, PS4, and his little kid's iPad. So what that's kind of shitty. man? Yeah, yeah that's man. unfortunate. I'm sorry. Scumbags all over the world. Yeah. Yep. But no, I mean, Hunter is fucking Rambo. And you just, dude, you got to love the the variety in, in the Bad Batch. Yeah, I know it is. It, they, they give you like, I mean, tech is the techie. It's like you can right. see all of their different. They're, yeah, they're such. They they play such to their type. Yeah, uh, they're they're animated that way. Their powers are geared that way. I mean, Wrecker is just a fucking meathead. I love but he it. Is a meathead. Yeah, he is played to be a meathead, and it's like that moment. I mean, like that's one of my top moments. It was like when Cody is trapped under the troop transport, and like. Wrecker's going oh, over great. there to fucking get him. And then Rex, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rex is like, dude, you you need, you're not going to be able to get him out of there by yourself. You're going to need help. And then I think it was Hunter. Hunter says, like, he's not going to take Cody out of the transport. He's going to pick the transport up off of Cody. And he just lifts the whole motherfucker yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's the Hulk. Yeah, it's crazy. But he, I mean, he, he almost looks like the juggernaut, and that's how he acts. Yeah. I mean, his, his helmet's even shaped that way. So. Yeah, I, lo- I love it, dude. Uh, really I, cool. I do love the Bad Batch, but I have a feeling uh, we're going to see all of them 
uh, vanquished by the end of season seven. That's my imagine. prediction, at least. You got to imagine that, yeah. Uh, another one, uh, good old Trade Federation landing ship, or these days a separatist landing ship. Yep. Uh, Admiral Trench is back, so again, timeline is a little, little squirrely, but he's got some of his cybernetics. So I love Admiral Trench. He's just such a weird-looking character. He looks like a spider. He is. <laughs> a, a perfect perfect bad guy. I mean, yeah. he, he's essentially a, what, like a tarantula? Yeah, I was going to say, he's like face. an arachnid spider yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. He looks like a bad guy, and also he has one of those tactical droids. Uh, we had the Count Dooku speeders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the droid troop transport again. Those are, you know, first seen at the Battle uh, of Naboo yes. against General Jaja. Jaja. And then Wrecker is uh, sporting the old clone commando gun. So you know, some some decent eggs for the first episode. Uh, mostly within its own little universe, or hinting at the prequels. But yeah. Um, so I mean, I, overall, I was really a fan of this. Kind of like you mentioned in the beginning before. Like we're not going to go into a full breakdown, but like one of my favorite things was that we weren't right out of the gate. Here's Ahsoka. Here's Anakin. Here's Obi. We're right back into it. Like we we focus on the characters that actually, you know, built the entire kind of subplot to the Clone yeah. Wars, which was the clones. Like it, it's these named clones that you attach yourself to. So seeing them again, seeing Cody, seeing Rex, having them mention and then get into later in the episode, it, is Echo still alive? Is he still out there? Because that was kind of the through line of this of this episode is that somehow the droids know not not specifically all of the clones is not all of their their strategies or their their tactical setups, but specifically he they know the ones that Echo would know. So it's out there that like Echo may be alive. Well, yeah, Re- Rex and Echo used to essentially be the strategists. Yeah, so... I mean, they knew each other. They they knew how, what they were thinking. And at this point, the the Seps are using Echo. I mean, he's they're, they're, they're essentially turned him into a cyborg. Yeah, that's... It's it, almost like Picard when he got assimilated by the Borg. Yeah, so like at the very end of the episode, you can hear like you hear Echo's voice, and he's stating his clone trooper number. Like, right. so it was, it was so really. That, cool. That's why you know that's why the the, the Republic are kind of getting their asses kicked. I mean, even Rex himself is really nothing he can do anymore to get one up on the droids. They're just because his brother is is leaking the. The, stra- the, the the same strategies. So. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool, like when they were going to take um, that initial tower, how they used the be- like the, you know, Clone Force ninety nine. He Rex basically told him he's like, I can't plan the the attack on this because they'll know it's coming. So like you guys need to really you know. Oh yeah, that is one of one of my highlights or multiple highlights was the Bad Batch. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I love these guys. I, I love how distinct their personalities are. I love how they're animated. I like their armor. Uh, they're, they're just fantastic. So I love their arrival and how they all got introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, their first impressive attack, dude, when, you know, the, the gunship goes down. <laughs> yes. And it, literally a battalion of B1s and, and spider droids, all this shit, just coming down on them. Rex and, and the normal clones are like, hey, let's just let's defend. And, and Hunter's like, nah, no, no, we don't. We, we don't prefer defend. to take it to them. And they literally uh, the, the, the what the four of them take out the entire battalion. Yeah, dude, it's just 
watching like balls out I and mean, they just yeah. run straight at him behind wrecker with the big ass uh, shield wall and yeah. here we go yeah and they're they're in i love what's the marksman's name i can't remember uh crosshair cross yeah because he's got the crosshair on his eye like right. that dude's such he's such a bad motherfucker like just with the long gun but then when he gets up close like he can still he can still oh, fight. Yeah. yeah, he's a dick. Like he likes yeah. fucking with people. I mean he's he's picking a fight with the other clones. I think it was with Jesse yeah. back at the camp. Yeah, he's an asshole. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, so I mean they they were fantastic. I uh, another note I had down I'm looking at now. I just had Wrecker in general. So yeah, I yeah. guess that means I'm just a big fan of that that lug. I mean, he's just he's a great heavy meathead type of character yeah isn't tech doesn't tech use a knife because like when they were when they were taking over the um that was that was hunter doing that was hunter that okay, crazy yeah. knife shit yeah and I, and I think uh wrecker busted out his blade too. yeah he he pulled out because he was like he called out that blade in particular he was like have you ever fought one it was like basically oh, yeah. a scorpion right. he's like the the only way you can kill them is to cut off their tail and he's like showed this knife that he used to do it it's like this <laughs> Like these motherfuckers are all crazy. I love it. Yeah, it looked to me like Hunter almost exclusively uses his. Blade. Yeah, I didn't see him shooting much. I, I didn't either, but <laughs> like, you know, some of those battle scenes were pretty intense. But man, I mean, the show also looks great, by the way. Yeah, I don't know like how much updating they did in terms of visuals, but it still has that like very distinctive Clone Wars well, visual. I'll style. tell you what, even even looking at the season one stuff or, or even season three, it, there is a a very vast improvement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like the, you know, it's probably even a little more crisp than what rebels was doing but rebels to me was an improvement over clone wars at least textures and yeah overall quality of visual i mean if you, you got to think too like the the run of that tv series started in what 2005 8 8 i think clone eight. wars okay yeah so during that run you you essentially and this is not going to seem like it's very like you know relevant but you switch console generations which means in that run of time the the visual effects fidelity increased to a point to where you had to make a new video game console to support it but that's also going to be seen in animation like this so like when when anything like that happens when you see great like increased visual fidelity and visual effects in video games that translates directly especially to clone war style animation well yeah i mean shit look look what they're doing on mando these days that that all that technology that huge screen is fucking unreal oh yeah dude it's that that's un, not literally crazy. it's unreal engine mm -hmm. it's fucking crazy dude I, I i love it so but yeah i mean Clone Wars season seven overall first episode. I really enjoyed it. I want to see where this this kind of line goes with the Bad now, Batch with the name troopers towards Echo. That we got a little tease today of of what's coming up on Friday, and it looks like we are going to get a direct continuation, which usually doesn't happen in Clone Wars. I mean, there there are a few arcs here and there. Do you do you think they're gonna? just let this story build and organically fold in, you know, Ahsoka and, and Maul and Mandalore? Or do you think maybe after episode two, they're just going to do what they usually do and maybe just, boop, we're going to jump to a whole new uh, arena of the Clone Wars? Yeah, I don't think that there is a 
an easy, logical way to to continue with that storyline that we're on now and then also fold in Ahsoka because she's so removed from it. Like right, the only right. way that you would be able to do that is if somehow they ended up on Mandalore, which I highly doubt that would happen. Well, I mean, let, let's say this next episode, they, they ultimately f- at least find where Echo's at. Maybe they get some intel that requires them to go back to Coruscant. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it, it could do that. There, there's a path, but I, I just, I don't know if they're going to do that because that would essentially become now at the end of the day, what, almost a four hour long Mo- Clone Wars animated movie. movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it, I think it would be hard to pull that off, especially given the fact that we're probably going to be bouncing between Ahsoka and, and Maul Thread and then the, the actual like Clones and Anakin GK Thread. Uh, did you see. see, speaking of your buddy, Maul, did you see the shit on Twitter with the hashtag emoji things? I saw something There was like a that. secret one, and it's literally the, the Maul DeLorean. I did not see that. So I saw so, that something was happening, uh, but, but I didn't see what the actual hashtag emoji looked like. Well, yeah, apparently they're saying, and, and I don't know if it, this ever showed up in, in other Clone Wars, but... You know, he, he takes over Mandalore. That's established. We all know that. He's leading, essentially, Death Watch at this point. And apparently those that stayed loyal to him fashioned horns onto their helmets. I see. Okay, yeah. I'm, so that's a, a Maldalorian. I'm looking at... That's fucking cool. I'm looking at the hashtag now, and it does... But like, there's even, like, art out there. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it showed up in the show or if we may see it, and that's why they're doing the hashtag, uh, which I probably think is the case. So there's a good chance when they do revisit Maul on Mandalore, as he is now the ruler... We could see some of those Maldalorian helmets. Yeah, that's cool. But there are there's a ton of uh, Clone Wars new hashtags. Actually, you have one if you if you just do hashtag the Clone Wars, you get Ahsoka. Yeah, I think all the characters yeah. are represented. Yeah, Anakin Skywalker's got one. Ahsoka's got one. Obi's got one. Padme's got one. Rex, Maul, Mace, Bo-Katan has one, and Yoda. So throw out those hashtags and then get your little emoji on Twitter cute little emoji next to it but um yeah dude i'm into it i'm really happy that this is back we're getting what 10 episodes i think 11 11. and the thing that's driving me nuts right now especially because i am starting a a chronological is uh i already know these are out of order yeah uh so can we get a fucking update (laughs) starwars.com At least just give us the episode titles. It's not, I mean, come on. Something. Or not, or just the numbers, maybe? Yeah. Like S7E, whatever. Because I don't, I really don't want to watch it again, and I'm so OCD, it could cause me to want to do it again now. (laughs) Okay, well, now you really got to get, now you got to get the full picture. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's why I'm saving my chronological run because I can't oh, do it in the middle. Oh, I can't do it right mom, now. Mom, man, I need some background shit to spend with the kids sometimes. That's I true. can't take Sophia the First fucking over and over and over. Um, Although it is it is a decent show, I'm not going to lie. It is. It's good. Um, I mean, <laughs> Sophia the First. Kind of sticking with the Clone Wars, you know, we, we, we heard some, some rumblings about Ahsoka and her fate, everything like that around the the time of Tross because one thing that everybody caught in terms of the voices at the end of Tross was Ahsoka was there. Ashley Eckstein lended her voice to that scene. 
where Ray was hearing all the Jedi voices and people were like, oh, does this mean that fucking Ahsoka's dead? Because everybody else that's being heard by Ray is dead. And, and Filoni never really actually commented on it around the time of, of Tross, but he did kind of put out a tweet that, that kind of lend, lent itself to, to, you know, the fact that Ahsoka could still be alive. It was a little drawing of Gandalf, and it was a little drawing of Ahsoka, and they were talking to each other, and Gandalf said, everybody thought I was dead too, kind of referring to his fate at the end of, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, when he fell and he was fighting the Balrog, at the end of Fellowship, everybody thought he was dead. But then he comes back. Gandalf the White. Boom. He's alive. Um, so Well, he, he makes some good points, though, if you really think about it. Because, I mean, Star Wars fans are always quick to jump on shit without really thinking. Yeah. And, I mean, look. Throughout the entire history of Star Wars, like, Force users have been able to communicate with each other through the Force when they were alive as well. I mean, like. That wasn't something that was only exclusive yeah, to I mean, dead people. Leia could do it without even being trained. Yeah, Darth Vader did it with Luke Skywalker, even though they literally hated each other. Like, you know, this shit could happen. So she didn't yeah, he's, really... He's pretty much saying she doesn't have to be dead yeah. to have uh, used her voice in that scene, but he's also saying, in the end, what they did in Trust doesn't affect anything I'm currently doing. Yeah, so th- he had a couple of quotes, and I'll read them to you. Um, so kind of talking about just the general assumption, um, uh, uh, that Star Wars fans had about Ahsoka after seeing Tross, he says, I have to wonder with Star Wars fans, they seem to watch the movies, but they don't take all the lessons. See, <laughs> they deal a lot in absolutes, which is very much a Sith thing, man. I Sith love motherfuckers. I fucking love Dave Filoni, dude. He's just, he is Star Wars personified. Like he is the next George. He is George Lucas yeah, Jr. He, he is. He's the next George. He says, I remember in the Empire Strikes Back, Luke speaking out through the force to Leia. Um, Vader also does this at the end of Empire Strikes Back. There's no absoluteness that these people are dead. I mean, some of them were dead, but, you know. And then he goes on to say, you know, whether, you know, this has any sort of effect on what he's doing with the possibility of a Rebel sequel with, with Ahsoka or what's happening in Clone Wars. He says, it doesn't really have any big implications to what I'm doing with the character, to be honest. I just thought it was a really fun thing. I thought J.J. Abrams' instinct to be so inclusive with all of these various elements of Star Wars and characters was great. And I thought it would be a great thing for the actors involved to be a part of something that was just really this celebrating moment of the Star Wars saga. So I didn't think of it in a literal story way. The film, to me, is in a different area. It's like a different area. So he's basically saying she doesn't have to be dead. She could still very, very much be alive. Um, and if we got, I mean, who knows? If we if we did eventually, like, you know, did get that moment to where you see all, it would have been interesting, though, right? If we did see all of the Force ghosts. Because how would they have done that? Well, yeah, it should have fucking happened. But, I mean, of course it would have been interesting. It should have happened. Do you think that they filmed Ashley Eckstein, or do you think that they had an animated Ahsoka? Like, do you think that Ashley Eckstein, if they did film it, 
was in. Uh, well, I, I, I honestly think the voice, the voices were a compromise to him not getting the scene. Yeah, but I mean, like, so I think it was a complete pivot. I, I think they were only going to shoot Ewan, Hayden, Sam, and and Yoda. Yeah, Frankie boy. Yeah, and then probably they they might have got Liam. Did you say Liam? No, you're right. They probably yeah, they could, they would have got him. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been cool though to see if although is he technically allowed. It's why wouldn't he be? Well, he remember he did not learn the the full. Oh yeah, you're right. No, you're the right. Full yeah. preparation. Good call. These days, it really. I mean, fucking who it's knows? Not like there's any rules with the force. Doesn't these days. doesn't he? No, he doesn't appear. Because everyone now is just going like, well, why the fuck didn't Anakin just heal his mom in Padme? Yeah, <laughs> and right. Like, right? It's like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah, but, you know, maybe he didn't... Clearly, he didn't know that. Like, he didn't know that that power existed. Yeah, Ray. I mean, she learned it from somewhere, but why the fuck show us in the movie? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, then nobody in Star Wars would ever motherfucking die. <laughs> like... Because right. a Jedi could just come there or a Force user could just come and be like, whoop, you're healed. You're okay. Well, I guess, I mean, they do kind of, they did establish one rule. And if you, you do revive someone, you're toast. From death, yes. If you right. bring somebody back to life, you are, you sacrifice all of your life. Exactly. Essence. So I guess it would have depended how far gone Shmi was in the first place. Yeah. I but mean, I mean, at that how point. Much, how much juice would he have had to use? Yeah. I mean, at that point, I mean, Anakin was still, you know, you know, he wasn't even a Jedi Knight yet at that point. He was still a Padawan. Yeah, he, was a, he was a whiny bitch. Yeah, like he, he, he there was he still was a, a lot of... He was a of, douchebag is what he was. I mean, outside of his one little outburst in Lars's shop, he was a kind of a fuck off. Yeah, so... I mean, I get it. Yes, I get it. Once you establish that a force healing exists, why, what, what can't you just go back and retcon everything to use force heal? Well, like, it's stupid. Like it's, it's it's like you, you can't said, make that. It's when, when you get angry about about the duel of the fates, it's the same shit. Like, yeah. it's not real life. So yeah. who gives a fuck? Yeah, it's a logical fallacy to just say like, oh, well, this character healed once, and this character healed once. Why can't everybody do it? I mean, you can't just make that jump. In, in any sort of storytelling, regardless of if it's Star Wars or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was an interesting little piece on, you know, from, from Filoni basically saying Ahsoka is what he wants her to be. Uh, that, alive that, I mean, death. that's his, that's his character. I mean, that is the one character that oh, I, I get still George's technically. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, but, but I, I think Dave had a lot of input and, and kind of championed Ahsoka on into rebels and yeah. hopefully beyond. The fact that that she made it on because it was it would have been very easy for him to say like well fuck it I mean if Ahsoka wasn't something that that he felt was near and dear to him he could have easily said like well we'll just nix her and then Rebels will be focused on these new characters that I'm creating that like are his pre- she she's not done there's no, no way no. I mean the, you 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 can't leave. It's not even her. Like the you, you could have been happy with Ahsoka's ending, honestly, at the end of Rebels. I mean, 
she helped out. She, yeah. she was there at the end. She got to see them win. I mean, like, if there's uh, but, a... Per- but the Ezra and Thrawn stuff, that's just, that's too egregious to leave. No, yeah, you can Just can't. open-ended. I mean, that that's ridiculous. I mean, if there is a perfect character, a, a perfect Star Wars character for now, for, like, today's era, it is Ahsoka Tano. Like, Ahsoka is, I mean, for all of you people out there who, who hate women, I, don't, I can't help you, but, like, like Ahsoka is 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 a beautiful Star Wars character whose arc started at a very young age, and you've seen mature. Well, you know, like, she's even more more than beautiful to me. And I'm oh talking yeah, about I mean, like yeah. adult Ahsoka, like like fulcrum stuff. Yeah, but, fol- I mean, like she's she's she sexy as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I just think that her her arc is one of the best told arcs in Star Wars storytelling history. Like you get to see her essentially grow up from a literal like. I think when she hooked up with Anakin, like when she became Anakin's Padawan, she was only like what thirteen, so like young. I, young. I just I just watched it. I mean, she essentially gets ridiculed for how young she is and 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 kind of fresh of a of a Padawan. Yeah, it is still funny that they decided to put her in like a fucking tube top mini skirt Jeez, was her fucking yeah, outfit fucking weird it was weird <laughs> like it, like, it yeah. is it is weird like i didn't even think about it at the time but you look at it now and you're like yeah they i mean they're it's like, portraying her as a very young kid and she's literally wearing like a nightclub outfit yeah like it's yeah it's weird so in your rewatch have you watched the movie yet yeah the yeah Clone it's Wars uh I, I believe it's the third thing you watch it's the third or fourth thing you watch okay now, this isn't like you're not watching the 20 episodes. You're watching stem to stern, the chronological. Oh, they, they, yeah, order. come on, man. It's posted on StarWars.com. That's why I'm like fucking update it, motherfuckers. Let's put <laughs> season seven in there. Yeah, where is it? Where does it fall? But I mean, I love Ahsoka. I hope that Rosario Dawson gets to play live action Ahsoka one day. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but it's possible now with Filoni in the live action land. Um, it, 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 she would uh, be a fun character would. for live action, oh, yeah, and dude. so would her her former master, this guy Darth Vader. But what the fuck do we know? Yeah, we don't know too much. About I mean, honestly, what what do we know? <laughs> yeah. It's not like people would would love even a scene of Darth Vader being Darth Vader. I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, even a non Star Wars a Star Wars hater knew that, aka Tony Gilroy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, exactly um so i mean that's savior of rogue one yeah i mean that kind of wraps up our trust news for today's bit but don't worry we will be back next week with all of your easter eggs and information on episode two what's the episode two called you i don't remember now i saw the clip but i can't remember the name uh, of it. yeah me neither <laughs> tweeted out there but why, why i mean why would we be why would we remember honestly? this kind of stuff you guys Hold should on, know I, I, I have our facebook page pulled up let me refresh that and yeah. see if it has it on there I mean, Facebook is such a nice site. It loads so quickly. <laughs> uh, a Distant Echo, I believe, is a going distant. to be the uh, clip, and it looks like we're going to get some Anakin in this one. Yeah, yep, yep. So there we go. Episode two, A Distant Yeah, I mean, they're they're going after that signal on that other planet, so they're, they're bringing the, the big guns out. They're coming, yeah, they're coming down. Having a Jedi a Jedi Knight with you is definitely a big help. So The, the, the real Anakin Skywalker. Yes, What's his name? James Arnold Taylor. That's who voices Anakin. And or no, James Arnold T- Taylor voices Obi. I think it's Matt Lanter. And he he definitely does the voice of Vader. Um, 
Shit. Anakin Skywalker Clone Wars voice. It is... Oh, come on. It is Matt Lanter, yes. Booyah! Zach well, Efron. The only reason I know that is because he got a cameo in um, The Mandalorian. He was the uh, he was on the prison ship. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think we talked about that when it came up. Like, when it actually, like, when, when that episode passed through. But, um... Darth Vader, voiced by Hayden Christensen in Star Wars Rebels? Is that true? Interesting. What, what, what the hell site are you on? Google. <laughs> yeah, but what Google? I just Googled Anakin Skywalker Clone Wars voice. Yeah, okay, so what, what, what site are you grabbing the info from then? No, it's at the top at the top of Google. It says Darth Vader slash voiced by, and then it lists everybody. It says he Zach Efron voiced Darth Vader and Robot Chicken. Matt Lanter was voicing Darth Vader and um, the the like the Clone Wars and Rebels stuff. And then it says Hayden Christensen Star Wars Rebels. Huh. Well, I guess that's that's one way to get a check when you're down on your luck, like our buddy Hayden. Yeah, interesting. I did not know that, but um, he did put out like some weird future post-apocalyptic thing i think recently yeah he did yeah yeah Um, there's like another big name in there let's see oh did he stop updating his imdb did he no wait never mind (laughs) (laughs) it's uh (laughs) you can't pay the agent anymore the last man it was harvey keitel there you go there you go yeah keitel i mean he's a pretty big actor yeah he is i mean nobody else on this list of characters you wouldn't know him, <laughs> but um, he also did that movie Little Italy. We talked about that before it came out. But, I mean, like again, that was just kind of poor bastard, man. Emma <laughs> Roberts, he did. He, I feel. He sorry got. I mean, George fucking destroyed his career. It's sad. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say, but it is sad. I mean, he was a good. I actor. hate sand. Yeah, that line rough, may have done course, it. The whole irritating gets everywhere. It's man, that was a tough yeah. one. <laughs> But anyway, kind I of. I want to love to love to love you, right? And there one, in there one exchange where they say love at least eight times. It's like I want to love, but to love oh, is to love you. It's I I, it was probably that was. And I de- love you. <laughs> that was definitely on Naboo and in episode two. Yeah, when he's like uh, butt fucking those uh, goats, those fat ass <laughs> like goat things. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, riding on top of him, doing God knows what. I can't remember. The From that is. moment to the dinner, like the dinner is loaded with. Oh, I know. Uh, here it is. It's, I wish I could wish it all away. Yeah. Like, Fuck. Dude, just read that line out loud. And be like, all right, maybe we should change it. <laughs> it's like, George, did you just type this with your eyes closed? Ah! <laughs> like, what? I wish I could wish it all away. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, oh, that, yeah. Oh, jeez. What the hell? All right, let's move on we to love something. You, we love you, brother. Let's move on to something a little bit more, you know, relevant to Star Wars now, and that is the Mandalorian. Yeah, I wish we could wish ourselves onto another topic. Wish ourselves on the fucking season two of the Mando, because according yes. to John yes. Carlo, the, the like the only legit thing we know still exists in Star Wars, dude. Right? Have you seen all the shit going on with uh, uh, the Cassian thing? No. It's like, yeah, we're shooting maybe sometime. I don't know. It's like, who knows? I mean, we'll it's basically it. at that point now. God, dude. Well, I mean, again, 
teaser for com- what's coming up pretty soon. Disney's under a little bit of uh, shaky ground right now, but for the time being, we know that season two of Mando is happening, and according to Giancarlo Esposito, a.k.a. Moff Gideon, there will be some lightsaber play, and it's not going to be just him. He will have a yeah, lightsaber right. combatant. So you, were pi- you, you were picking that up, too. I mean, yeah. you're assuming that He's either fighting someone that has a vibro blade of some sort or some motherfucker that might have a connection to the force. Yeah. But like, or has a lightsaber just in period. Yeah. You would think if he is fighting a Jedi, it still wouldn't be a fight unless our, our man Gideon already has some sort of uh, connection to the force. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so well, let's be real, dark saber or not. If I'm a Jedi, I walk up to you right there and I I break you in half. Yeah, just, like I don't even try to fight you blade to blade. Like I just force push your ass and I pull the the dark saber yeah, out of your out hand. Out of your hand, and you're done. <laughs> Bye. And then I'll, I'll I'll hold you there in stasis and then fucking do an Anakin on you. Yeah, and fucking chop your head off. I would st- I would still cut your hand hands off though to do the full yeah j- just to do it just to be like right. look <laughs> as you're in stasis <laughs> yeah I'm like Zaga just take both yo hands. it's a Star Wars rite of passage to get your hand chopped off damn so. straight damn straight <laughs> so um I mean so John Carlo basically says you know he's at uh, fan ex- expo in Vancouver and he was talking about you know Mando dark saber everything like that. He says, uh, the prop guys are wondering about me because I was in a bit of a commotion and a bit of a struggle with someone else, which I'm hoping you will enjoy to see it. Um, Major epic, epic lightsaber action happening on this show. And I should mention that I'm the only character in the first season who was able to be honored by having a lightsaber. So basically what I took from this is saying like, He's fighting somebody in season two with a lightsaber, like somebody else in season yeah, two has a lightsaber. Yeah, it's like I said. There's, it's there's really no other way to parse it. Like I said, unless there is uh, the, the whole vibroblade stuff. I mean, yeah, that that is established. We had the, those droids back with with Grievous that could block the shit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, and he said that it's not like he's not going to be fighting Din or Baby Yoda. Um. Yeah, so it's somebody else. I mean, yeah, I, dude. I mean, it's like, what, what, what are they willing to do now with the Mandalorian? Now that they know that they have everyone by the uh, testicles, right? I think uh, because at this point, they know it's a smash hit. How can we push the boundaries now? I mean, y- your shit from last week is still mind blowing to me. I don't think they're that creative or ballsy to do. Yeah, but I think it would be. But good. are they willing to bring in a a known force user who, at this point, truly is limited to Luke, Leia, or Ahsoka? I mean, in in my opinion, the way to do this, if you're going to bring in a lightsaber user, is actually going to be. Hold on, my cat's right up in my grill right now, but um, would probably be to explore something that we really haven't seen in Star Wars before outside of TFA, and that is having a non-Force user wielding the blade. And here's kind of my mm-hmm. thoughts on this. So it'd be like an opposite of, of Maz Kanata, where, you know, 
she can use the force, but not necessarily fights with a lightsaber. You're envisioning someone that can fight like a motherfucker with a lightsaber, but mm-hmm. can't use the force. Yeah. Now, there's establishment of this. Bit, which, which Gideon probably is, at least himself. Yeah. I mean, he's probably pretty, you know, deft with a blade. And he's got it. Yeah, he has it. He can clearly use it in some capacity, at least to just cut himself out of that fucking ship. But in in the... Darth Bane trilogy novels, and yes, I know these aren't canon anymore. Um, there was an established character in that book who was a Jedi. He was a Jedi, recognized as a Jedi, could not use the Force, but he was one of the best lightsaber combatants in the entire Order at that time. So it was established then, I don't know if it has been established anywhere in new canon, that you can be a non-Force user and be really fucking good with a blade lightsaber we saw finn do it a little bit in tfa but in my head what i think about is the geonosian battle arena the geonosian battle arena is literally littered with dead jedi lightsabers that were probably never recovered or they were just they were well, yeah up. i mean that that the whole geonosian battlefield yeah like it's just filled with fucking lightsabers and if the if the cis didn't pick them all up to use which we assume they didn't because we never saw them using them then that means all anybody has to do is be a scavenger a smuggler a a bounty hunter you go to geonosis and you go to the site of that battle and you you have your fucking pick of the litter for lightsabers and, there you go. And like, look, look at Nick's ready to set up a a dead Jedi lightsaber flea market on Geonosis <laughs> at this point. Yeah, right. I mean, like a swap meet. He's like, "Yo, what do you want? What colors you want? I got green. I got blue. Uh, that's it. I got, I got green, green and, and blue. blue. <laughs> that's all I got." Mace still maces. You could find maces at the bottom of fucking Coruscant somewhere. Right, right. But to me. It's it can't be that hard to come across a lightsaber in that galaxy at that point in time, like in like it's just been so established that you can find them other places. Like this this comic book with with Luke, where does he get this yellow one? Does he find it? Does he go to an old Jedi temple? Yeah, I know. Like we well, well how we're we're gonna learn that, that how someone snagged his out of fucking thin, thin air, air literally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally thin air. So. I, I really do think that it's not beyond the, you know, this idea that somebody who's not a force user could have one because there's so many of them throughout the galaxy, just like dead Jedi in general from order 66. Like th- those motherfuckers are around, especially for, you know, former Imperials, like former Imperials, like you have to figure that the fucking, emperor was oh yeah they, they, they probably kept them like like trophies yeah like hey look here's ayala secura's lightsaber she had two of them i got these motherfuckers like they're out there so i mean that's that's my take on it is that he's gonna fight somebody who just has one he and you may say you know like he may ask like oh where'd you get that and he's like fucking took it from a dead jedi some like you know some weird shit like that. yeah it, it it's interesting uh, but you know there there is a very real chance we could also get introduced to a whole new type of force user because in the end what is the main mission in season two or what what do we think it's going to be and that is to find force other users. Jedi other force users so yeah maybe we do get a new character we do it's very possible it's very possible that you know. 
like I mentioned before, we could get a Kyle Katarn, a new Kyle Katarn type character in, in Mandalorian season two. And, you know, that would be indicative of Luke Skywalker starting up his, you know, Jedi Academy, or at least like, you know, finding force users again and, and trying to, you know, impart his. Well, ways. they're out there because we're we're reading the rise of Kylo Ren and literally we've met Vo, Henix and Ty. Yeah. Who were all little kids that, that Luke found somehow. They're all around uh, Ben's age. So, I mean, still far off from the air we're talking about in the Mandalorian, but th- they're still out there. I mean, that that's, again, why I'm bummed out that, that Ray kind of got fucking worked into, oh, you got to have this Royal Force bloodline stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, but, yeah, whatever. I've, I've gone into that rant many times. Uh, a lot of people are kind of thinking that way, too, these days. But you, you don't... The, the, the Skywalkers, the Palpatines, they're not the end-all, be-all of the Force. The Force will, as uh, pretty much all the fucking Jedi have explained, will always find its way. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, life finds a way in Jurassic Park. Life there you go. finds a way. How about that? We got the uh, <laughs> the, the title of the third Jake. Colin movie. Yeah. Dominion. Jurassic Dominion. World. Dominion. Right. I like it. I do like it. But I, I still think it's... That shit jumped the shark in the last one. Oh yeah, that last movie was fucking. I didn't terrible. mind the the first reboot when they're you know stuck on the island and it was yeah, it was, you know kind of stuck to those themes. It but. was if you look at it, it was basically like it's kind of how Star Wars went down because like the first <laughs> one was basically very very similar to JP one. Oh yeah, and then J A Bayona comes in and he's like, I'm gonna put my spin on Jurassic Park. And he does it, and it's completely like people fucking hate. I hated it. I hated that. Oh, one. it's 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 bad. It's it's almost it's like Jurassic Park two. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> which is another one with just goofy moments, like that little girl does gymnastics to take out raptors. Yeah, literally, she so does funny. her bar routine <laughs> to take out fucking raptors. I know. I loved it. It was so dumb. I mean, I I liked. Jurassic World or Jurassic Park 2 better than I like Jurassic World 2, whatever it was called, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I just, I, even that one kind of brought dinosaurs to the mainland and they get out, but, you know, they wrangle them. But here, the the, the premise now is that, like, hey, it's on. Yeah, I mean, like, they're out they're, there. They're starting to literally reclaim the world. Yeah, like there was a, a short that Colin put out a while ago, a few months ago, that showed a, a, Carnotaurus and some other dinosaur, like they were this family. They were camping. They were on a campground. There was like a tra- they were in their camping trailer. Oh yeah, they they didn't they see eggs or something. They did, and then all of a sudden a fucking Carnotaurus shows up in a in like a I don't know if it was a Stegosaurus or something else, and they're just fucking fighting and they're destroying all this shit, and it goes crazy. Like everything just becomes a disaster. It was nuts. So yeah, the the J J W three. I'll still go see it. That's the beauty of the A list, right? I yeah. mean, I forget what what which service you're on, but if, if you got Unlimited. a movie sub by you, yeah, and you can buy in, it is the best money you'll ever spend if you like movies. Yeah, Regal Unlimited, worth it. I saw we saw Knives Out last weekend. It was good stuff. It's good, isn't it? I did. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, I the guy it. the guy knows how to write write a story. I yeah. Think. So, 
Um, major dark saber stuff coming up for season two Mando with with Moff Gideon. Yeah, it's and, fun. Yeah. I mean, we know this one's going to be great. It feels like it's so far away, but I promise you, my friends, it'll be here before we know it. It really will. Yeah, it will. So moving on to more new Star Wars, more rumored new Star Wars. There's been a lot of that recently. Rumors about new Star Wars, and and this one comes, you know, from THR. The Hollywood Reporter, um, and they're saying that that J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens have been, you know, tapped. Put yeah, on. and if and if all of you are going, who the fuck are they? Like I was when I saw this. Don't don't feel bad. Yeah, they're not. I don't want to say they're nobody, but like they're not big names. Um, but these two have, not mainstream. There's no way. Yeah, like these two have been tapped for a yet to be announced Star Wars project. Um, it, it doesn't say if this is a movie or anything, you know, a, a feature film or yeah, what. Yeah, that's why. I mean, th- this one was a lot, a lot of smoke. So who the who the fuck knows? I yeah. mean, I, I know these sites run with it as fact, but uh, I'm still kind of treating this as rumor. Yeah, and so <laughs> um, for those of you who are wondering what like what these guys have done before, um, the biggest thing that's been done by really either one of them is uh agents of shield so matt owens is was a a writer uh on right but that you know his other credit which is one that should make you go "Uh uh-oh is is luke cage yeah luke cage i was not a huge fan of luke cage um he also wrote a couple of episodes of the defenders but that was a different that wasn't the actual Oh no, it was. He did. He wrote a couple. Yeah, of he episodes. no. He did a lot of the Marvel Netflix. Yeah, stuff. a lot of Marvel. So he's the writer, and then J.D. Dillard would be the director. Um, and his thing is is Slate, whatever that is. Yeah. I guess you know he got a little recognition for that. That that. Not gonna I don't lie, know, wasn't on my radar. I have no idea what it is, but it is about yeah. a somebody who's like a magician, and huh. you know they can you know use magic, so force a little bit, a little bit of force. Yeah, um, no, I don't know. I guess I should watch it. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm like, oh, these guys fuck this shit. But you know, the the credentials and the relative, uh, just the fact that they're unknowns, at least to me. And I'm I'm someone that's fairly tapped in the pop culture. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little like. It's weird. Are, are we are we are we getting cute again? Yeah. It's just, just to be cute or what? I mean, you know. They have a little bit less than Ryan had. Ryan had Looper and he had Brick. Those were his two big things. I mean, these guys, you know, Matt has Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Luke Cage. Um, But anyway, like the piece that they're that they're attached to is said to be something to do with Exegol. Like, you know, that. Well, no, no, no. That, that, that's what these these idiots at Deadline or whoever the fuck ran with. And and the guy that wrote the Hollywood Reporter piece actually kind of didn't call him out, but clarified it on Twitter. He he literally was joking, like oh. making a reference that oh, all the plot details are hidden somewhere in a bunker on Exegol. And and the the, the other yin yang. Okay. Uh, ran with it as as yeah, it's gonna be on Exegol, and the guy's like, no. It's like you didn't get my joke. <laughs> yeah, just learn how to fucking read and process, my yeah. friend. It's funny too because on IMDb, if you go to Matt Owens's page, 
literally the credit is listed as Untitled Star Wars slash Exegol Project. Yeah. And it says announced. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you for the clarification there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, these guys are, you know, they're young. They're, they have some experience with some big name properties. They've worked clearly, you know, Matt Owens has worked within the Disney sphere. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a Disney property. Luke Cage, Marvel property. Um, so he's familiar with, with you yeah, know. I mean, hey, uh, sure. I, I guess I look at this shit now as, A, it's it's rumor. B, I don't trust anything Disney or, or any information about Disney Star Wars movies at this point at all. Yeah, so. So, I mean, I, I really don't think these people know what the fuck they want. They don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, so, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. We don't know if this is happening or not. The Hollywood Reporter is a pretty reputable outlet, you know. They, they hit. I mean, like I said, there, there's probably some smoke around this, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? Maybe they've just been tasked with like, hey, pitch us something. Like, can come up with something, pitch it to us. If we like it, we'll let you make it. But um, no solid details on it yet. We don't even know if this is theatrical. We don't know if it's a if it's a Disney Plus movie, if it's a tv series or what um but jd dillard and matt owens have been attached excuse me to some sort of star wars project in the future so if you're a fan of their work maybe they'll make a star wars thing pretty cool um yeah man our next piece here is actually pretty big for the disney verse yeah this 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 came out of nowhere let me get on mic here uh, like literally today we're recording it's tuesday nine forty three. my time here in the east uh with this this popped what around six six my time something like that yeah five, i mean six. you dropped me the you dropped me the twitter link right before five o'clock your time so yeah so uh someone that has you know been denigrated a bit on this podcast by <laughs> yours truly mr bob Iger, pretty out of the blue type of announcement today regarding his future with Disney as its CEO. And uh, that future is, is already gone. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not the CEO anymore. There, there is no future for Bob Iger as CEO. Yeah. And like, it, like out of nowhere, the guy literally who's led Disney as Nick and I were kind of talking earlier uh, kind of out of the doldrums of the 90s and boring shit into literally becoming the end-all, be-all of all entertainment licenses. I mean, th- th- this th- under under Bob, they bought pretty much everything but Fox News, Sony, Paramount, and Warner Brothers. Yeah, like they right. <laughs> I mean, I they think they bought everything. Is you does Universal still exist? I mean, I'm pretty Universal, sure they bought yeah. they bought everything else. Yeah. I mean, the and then just literally out of nowhere, the guy's done, and he's he's kind of going to move into a a jerk off role. Yeah. So until the uh, 2021. Yeah. So his replacement is Bob Chappick. And now, literally, all of this happened today. Bob Iger has stepped down as CEO of Disney. Bob Chappick is now the CEO of Disney. And Bob Iger will be moving into a chairman position with focus on creative endeavors. 
Yeah, which, which is code word for he's going to keep fucking up Star Wars by <laughs> providing notes and shit. Yeah. Um, so as of today, as of actually for those of you listening, as of February 25th, Bob Chappick is the CEO of Disney and his, you know, he's been with the company 27 years and he's literally done just about everything you can do at Disney in terms of upper level management. Um, prior to taking the CEO role, he was the, um, the head of the company of Disney's parks division. So he was overall a Disney park. So he saw, uh, oversaw the, the building and unveiling of galaxy's edge in both, um, Hollywood, I mean, Hollywood studios in Florida and in California, he opened up, uh, Disney Shanghai and, in in China. And before that, he actually played a big role in a ton of the other, um, divisions of, of Disney. So he was, over film production he was over um like uh entertainment and consumer goods yeah i mean how many like, years has this guy been here 27 like 20, yeah almost 30 years so he's definitely been drinking the kool-aid yeah so um it's an interesting thing like matt and i were saying offline like usually when when a ceo leaves a company there is like a, a transition handoff process right the, the, <laughs> the whole effective immediately stuff is curious yeah it's real curious even though he's staying on till the end of 2021 so i mean almost another 2 years right yeah so essentially there 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 if there was some sort of strife that cor- that caused this transition what they're basically saying is like, okay, Bob, we'll let you have a couple years to hang around, but then after 2021, you're dunsky. You're like you're you're. Well, uh, th- what they said is, we don't know what you're doing if you're you know touching little kids or whatever, but we we can't have you around. Yes. you can no longer lead this company. Uh, we will not completely fire you because we don't want to get sued for this, that, or the other thing. Uh, so, yeah, you'll remain in a chairman role as a creative director. Obviously, fucking around, Bob probably wasn't touching kids, but he probably did something somewhat something, yeah. severe. Something, yeah, something happened. And it, and look, it could be to due to Star Wars. It may not be. Like, we all know that he has admitted to bungling st- like Well, Well, here's solo. what concerns me, dude. If you read his next big quote... It could almost be his ego. Yeah. Because here's what, here's what he says. I felt that with the asset base in place and with our strategy essentially deployed, that I should be spending as much time as possible on, basically, the creative side of our businesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely ego-driven. <laughs> you could say that. Um but it's still uh, the effective immediately. Like even if he wanted to go for the next two years and kind of f- fuck off, there's usually a, as Nick said, a, a transition period. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, this is happening. Bob Chappick's coming in. Everyone, Bob, how you doing, Bob? Hey, Bob, yeah. Hey, guess what? He's going to be taking over for me in X amount of months. It's been real. Love you all, but... For now, we're just kind of kind of work in, in tandem to kind of make this a very smooth handoff. It's very rarely, hey, I've been leading the company. No one knows this. The shareholders probably didn't know this. But today, I uh, effective immediately, I am no longer the CEO. Yeah. Just, uh, 
that doesn't fucking happen under normal circumstances. It's like Bob Iger has been leading Disney for 15 years. Like you have to realize that before them, this is what I was explaining to Matt. Like before Bob, Michael Eisner was running Disney. Michael Eisner did not do a great job as the CEO of Disney. He was heavily focused on television. Like that's when DCOMs came out. Like Disney Channel original movies were an initiative by Michael Eisner. Um, they were very focused on their park development, which went really well. But as an entertainment entity, Disney, not much. Like, you know, they did really well with their animated stuff. Their animated movies came back with a like a fervor in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, his his big move, Eisner, was, was snagging Pixar, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, like that was their big thing. Like he got Pixar and that was his move. Iger came in and was like, look, we're like, yeah, Disney's doing really well, but I'm going to turn us into an entertainment empire. And he did that. Like, a- he bought ABC. And they're like, initially, and this is a story I told Matt because one of my coworkers told me this. Initially, Disney's CFO at the time was like, we're not buying ABC. This is fucking stupid. I'll never approve of it. And without the CFO's approval, Bob couldn't do it. And then. The CFO died in a helicopter crash, literally in a helicopter crash. And shortly thereafter, that ABC acquisition went through. And from there, they bought ESPN. They bought Marvel. So what Nick is saying is that Iger essentially had the guy assassinated. It's very possible. I don't know. This guy doesn't fuck around, which just even makes this all the more curious. Like, what the hell did he do? Yeah. Is it Me Too shit? Is it some fucking weird shit like he is or did did he just wake up this this week and go you know what i've made so much fucking money yeah i just want to keep fucking up star wars so i'm just gonna retire from the whole ceo shit and just be a creative consultant asshole yeah i mean who knows but i mean i can like i can say this bob fucked up star wars he he definitely did that I mean, there's no arguing there. But what he did for Disney overall as an entertainment entity is, like, one of the biggest fucking, like, coups in entertainment history. Like, he was able to consolidate... He almost consolidated all of media. Yeah, like, he was able to buy the, the three most popular properties and or studios in existence at the time and, and bring them all under one I mean, banner. It's, it's, it's a little concerning. Yeah. I mean, whenever you have media kind of just become these conglomerates, they control entertainment. You know, that this is the type of Marvel you get. This is the type of Star Wars you get. You don't like it, tough shit. Yeah. No one else has the fucking license. So... This is the type of programming you get. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting as of, as of right now. Bob Chappick is CEO of Disney, so we'll see how the Chappick kind of reign as the right. the head of the House of Mouse goes. I mean, it's going to be interesting. and it, it's it's all concerning because you know this guy too. He's, it looks like another probably well-to-do white dude in a suit. You never know if if his ego is going to kick in. And trust me. All these dudes, uh, male or female, once you get to this level of business, you are a, a just a natural narcissist and your ego is huge. Yeah. So you have to be. <laughs> I mean, you have to be to get to this level. I will say that with with Bob Iger's exit from Disney, 
uh, his contract ends on December 31st, 2021, that would put him out of the chair, out of the house of mouse before the uh, supposed, yeah. you know. Yeah, but what if he uses all this time to just nuke development of the movies? Because even, even if he's around to 2021 and we find out this truly is just a you know, all of a sudden change of heart. I really do just want to mess around with Star Wars and Marvel projects because I think I'm an artist thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting the next couple of years. Um, uh, but, I mean, like where I was going, I lost my train of thought there, but he he could still have a mega influence on the 22 film if oh, that yeah. thing is still real. 100%, definitely. He could he could have a huge effect. It, it, it just I it just, I feel from that quote he essentially was telegraphing. Yeah, the people I hired fucked up Star Wars, but I'll never admit that. <laughs> so I'm gonna come in and fix the motherfucker. Yeah. So I really think that's what he's doing, dude. It could be. It could be. But we just gotta wait and see. We have to see what Chappick does, what Iger does in the next twenty two months. Or, like my friend said, he really could have done some dark fucking shit and this is just their way of sweeping it under the rug. You never know. No, without dude. lawsuits from him for contracts, this out of the other thing, they're just gonna let him ride it out and this whole creative role is just a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. You you literally never know at this point. It's fucking crazy. But um, what we do know about now in Star Wars Land is the is the mysterious Project Luminous. This is something that we've been talking about now for a couple months, right, Matt? Yeah. Like, it, well, I mean, this is another one where there there was some buildup. I believe I at least tweeted it out or, or shared it on our socials. Clayton Sandow. I mean, yeah, we we knew that th- this reveal was coming today or, or yesterday or Monday, whenever the fuck you're listening to this. Or fuck you, I guess just the date, the 24th. The 24th, yeah, that's when their official reveal came uh, That's Kobe Day. But uh, why, I mean, why do you think they, they chose a random Monday in February at literally what, by the time they got done tripping over themselves, finally launched it, what, 10, 11 it Eastern was like time? It was like 11 o'clock, it was 11.20 Eastern time, 10.20 <laughs> Central and like everybody had their eyes on Star Wars Twitter starting at like 9 p.m. Central, and we're all like, "What the fuck's going on? Like nothing's happening." I don't. I, I again, it's like, do they just not fucking care sometimes, or are they just going, "Hey, it's Star Wars. The fans will eat it up, even though if it's at 11 o'clock, and even our you know our young fans will probably cut all them out because they'll have to be in bed for school, this, that, and the other thing." I don't know the the logic here because I do believe this is a pretty uh, monumentous effort in the Star Wars publishing arena. Yeah, you know, books, comics, kids' books, so on and so forth. But they they chose such a random night in February. It it, it it it's almost like they don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, so to kind of bring all of you into the know who don't already know project luminous has been revealed as a massive publishing project that will launch the high republic era basically launch the future of star wars storytelling from a publishing standpoint um and it was revealed through star wars twitter and star wars official last you know on the 24th um I don't know why they bungled it. I will tell you what kind of what happened in, in the bungle is that 
uh, Random House, who was the publisher for for Delray Books and Star Wars novels in general, accidentally revealed the title and cover of the first novel to be released for Project Luminous, which is entitled uh, Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. It is written by Charles Soule. They accidentally revealed it on their pre-order site, and then a few outlets ran with it. And then it seemed (laughs) like once that happened, the official release got delayed. Because they were like, what the fuck do we do now? People already it's know so about dumb. it. It's so dumb. And it, I feel like it's just a bunch of idiots, like interns and shit, going, well, what do we do? I don't know. What should we do? I don't know. What should we do? I don't know. What should we do? But, yeah. So. Until someone's like, hey, dumb fucks, just fucking push the button. Yeah, and put the, the schedule's tweet out. been blown up. I'm <laughs> sure it's even scheduled in their social media management system. And they just had to be like, oh, fuck it, publish now. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, they, they completely bungled it. But, I mean, it does. It's so dumb. It seems really cool, though. I mean, aside from the fucked up release, like, what's being outlined and described here is really fucking awesome because it's something akin to the launch of the Old Republic back in old canon. Like, before the Old Republic era was launched, there was no canon for Star Wars outside of the established this is what's happening yeah, with the Skywalker. Yeah, Skywalker stuff, basically. And now we're getting this new... And, and this really isn't even Old Republic. This is High Republic. This is High Republic. This takes I place... Do, I do think that is a, a clear distinction. Yes. That's, that's why they're going... I mean, Old Republic, to me, is thousands of years. Yes, Old Republic is literally 3,500-plus years before... Uh, the Battle of Yavin. This is a this is a measly two hundred. So our boy Yoda's fucking. He's still old. <laughs> he's he's fucking old. Yeah, yeah he's still like six hundred, seven hundred. Yeah, he's he's got to be in his six hundreds. Yeah. So, um, but essentially, what it is 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 we're we're going to be launching via comic books, novels, young adult books. This whole era... That's kind of where you lose me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Matt's like, all of this is written and none of it is visually moving in front of me. I mean, again, this is just lazy asshole me, but even the intern's like... Yo, man, this this stuff sounds pretty great, and I my reply was, yeah, a little too much reading for me, <laughs> but uh, two comic series at least. Yeah. So I mean, for me, this actually kind of reinvigorates me for Star Wars novels. Oh, I bet it's fantastic. I, I bet it's awesome. I, and honestly, it, at least the the, the Soule novel, which is the one geared towards adults and, and the true kickoff to this High Republic era, which you know, as Nick's been saying, is going to tie in. It's not really the different mediums are going to continue the story. It's it's going to build upon, add to, the flesh out this, that, and the other thing. But Sule's uh, Light of the Jedi is going to be the official kickoff. Yeah. and uh, But I think he described it. He's like, the, this is essentially the story I've been writing since I was six years old. Yeah, I mean, that's really fucking cool for him. And the way yeah. that this whole era came together, this whole High Republic era came together, was pretty fascinating. They basically took the all stars of Star Wars, you know, novelizations and writing, I mean, and and put them in a room and they were like, what do you guys want to do? Like Claudia Gray, fantastic Star Wars writer. Charles Soule, fantastic Star Wars writer. I believe James Lucino was involved. I don't know if Timothy Zahn was. I I don't know. He wasn't interviewed for the piece that they did. Um, But they took like these really popular Star Wars writers and let them build their own era and that's what the high republic era is 
and it's being launched. Yeah, I mean, it's a way to escape uh, the confines of, of what's been filmed or, or shot or planned already. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, outside of Yoda, there, there, there are no ties, and, you know, maybe he's not even included. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no mention of Yoda anywhere in the High Republic kind of materials that have he been put did, out there. He did pop up in, uh, if you watch the trailer they released... Uh, there is a like a concept art shot, and you can see Yoda there. It just you don't know if it's they're using old Yoda for something else to design this or that. So who knows? Yeah. But I mean, he he is viable. Yeah, he's definitely viable. So I'm I'm really interested to see where this goes. Like I said, this has kind of reinvigorated me in terms of reading Star Wars novels because it's new. It's nothing that we've ever read before, but it's 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 expanding the universe just like the original eu did like it's going into new territories it's introducing new characters new concepts new themes new villains villains called the nile i mean you n-i-h-i-l um you did a video on that i mean you know these these yeah i mean it's essentially darth Nihilus. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to be the connection, but that's their name is N-I-H-I-L, the Nile. And it's like the Nile River, but not spelled that way. Yeah. Um, And then apparently the storytelling of this new era begins with something called the Great Disaster. So um, I'm really excited for it. I'm definitely Now, do you think that's going to be something the the Jedi fuck up or the, the... the high, you know, the Galactic Republic. I don't know, man. I mean, that's and it's a- like the Jedi are going to have to go fucking figure out how to piece shit back together after this. Because, I-, I mean, they basically explained that this at this point in time, this is the zenith. These are the exact words. The zenith of both the Galactic Republic and the Jedi. Yeah. like And, and the, the Jedi Knights we will meet are akin to the Knights of the Round Table. They are true knights. Yes. They are out doing knightly shit, and they're also out helping to settle the Outer Rim territory, which at this point in time is... is beyond is, the reach of the Galactic Right. It's Republic. like pioneer days in the Outer Rim, and, and the Jedi are out there almost serving as... A Texas Walker Ranger, yeah. if you will. Yeah, so um, I really do think that this is going to, like, the Great Disaster is probably maybe the first, you know, huge act by the Nile. You know, they're coming out as this, you know, organization that's here to sow chaos, and then the Jedi have to respond. Um, but the the cool thing is, is that you don't know, like, you know, you have no idea what it is. You don't, you don't even know what it could be because none of these characters, none of this timeline has been established. So you can't just point to something and say, oh, well, it's referencing this from the movies or it's referencing this from the comic book that's related to this time period. It's completely open. Oh, yeah, it's, it, it is. And that, that's the fantastic part. The, the sucky part for people like me, and I know there's, there's more of you out there that are lazy like me, and just, you know, I don't even know if it's lazy. I did, fuck it. I don't have time to read books. I don't have time to listen to books. I like listening to talk radio, believe it or not. It's not like I do a good job at it myself, but I listen to it every fucking day, be it sports talk or my man Howard Stern. So I, I, can't, I can't dedicate to this shit. So 
that aspect bums me out. The comic books, good. Okay. Uh, the 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 Dark Knight or the I forget which one IDW maybe that that one doesn't look that interesting to me the Marvel one definitely I'll jump on. But I mean Soule's book I, I would love to read it just just looking at the cover art even if this isn't the real cover art I'm like yeah I could get into this type of shit look at them they really are kind of dressed like knights they just don't have uh, you know coordinated helmets and shit. Yeah yeah I mean it uh, looks. But cool. I I just. I don't think there's any way in hell I'm going to read this book. I will have to, to bite the Star Wars time bullet for this. Probably. <laughs> I mean, the, the best one I might get out there is the one that they're going to make for little kids. Yeah. I mean, that, that's about the most I could commit to because my, my kid does like reading thanks to my wife. Yeah. It's not me. I've only probably read a book to her a few times. And, yes, I'm a, I'm a horrible father, you but I make to- up for it with with like Legos and shit like that. What you need fuck, to fuck do fuck is, is get the book and let Heather read it to you and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Just have her be the... Yeah, I could probably do it at that point because then I, I'd be like, all right, at least I'm hanging out with the family. So. Yeah, just be like, hey, look, you know, I got this book for the kid, but I'm going to sit uh, in on the reading sessions. <laughs> uh, even that's like, oh, dude. And I know, I, I just, I, I know the stories will be great because, you know, like you were hinting, it's... It's wide open. They, they are not beholden to anything Skywalker Saga or previously established canon. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I know that there's a lot of people that are disappointed that this is a publishing only kind of venture at this time. Um, let's put that out there. I mean, who knows? Like, we don't know anything that's happening in live action Star Wars feature film, period. So maybe the Project Luminous launch that's happening now is setting up stories that will be told, you know, in feature film. Yeah, yeah, that is the one point they made. They, they made it very clear that, that the High Republic era was completely cooked up for the publishing arm of Lucasfilm. Yes. It was made for written word. But they did not rule out that you know, future projects and film, Disney Plus, video games, whatnot. It's not like this era is off limits to those mediums. Yeah. So we'll see how everything goes, you know, on the publishing front. And who knows, maybe two years down the line. I mean, the first book is going to release on August 25th, 2020. That's the light of the Jedi. Who knows? Two years down the line, end of 2022, 2023, maybe we see visual content maybe we see you know it is odd that they didn't maybe even just start with a game like if you are trying to really launch and let's be honest this is their all right we we got to get away from skywalker yeah this is we got to start bowing out now Uh, why why not even like take a a gamble on a game like maybe you hit like knights at old republic and right there bam within two years you got a movie deal boom boom built-in audience fucking ka-ching i'll tell you why no, they didn't do a no game. they go with fucking books and shit the the reason that they didn't do a game is because they don't trust ea to do that you would you would essentially be saying ea it is now your duty to launch our new era of star wars yeah well i mean <laughs> let, let's have a little future planning and when you see what respawn's doing with 
uh, Fallen Order, you just go, oh, you know what, you guys, you're just the new motherfucking Bioware. EA Star Wars license. Here you go. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, we we may see something. I, you know what I mean, though, because uh, let's be real. You would have got a bigger audience. I, I just just built in because I, I, I honestly think there are more Star Wars fans like me than people like the intern or even yourself that are considering diving into these novels no. or do yeah. dive into novels. I know, I mean, he read, he's read all the new Thrawn shit, all the comics. I think you've dabbled in the Thrawn shit. Mm-hmm. I have not read a, a Star Wars story in d- decades. I mean, probably since the prequel era. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you're, well, I don't think you're right. I know you're right, 100%. Like, there are people who will just not fucking care about this shit because it's written, and they'll never know the stories. And I think that you're also right that if they would have gone video game route, you would get a huge, huge, you know, huge And I audience. did. I, I qualified them. Like, yo, go in game, new IP, it, it was a gamble. Even Fallen Order was a gamble. But I, I, I still find it mind-numbing that they've turned that into a rocket like how could you not be watching the game throughout development and just not go yeah that that's gonna fucking work right yeah. so i mean just use that logic and it, yes you're rolling the dice but as long as you're staying on top of shit and the and the writers are you know making sure the narrative's being done correctly you could have had a as i said a, a co-tour on your hands where to this day, you know, people would cut off appendages. You know, maybe not private parts like I'd give up for a, a Vader movie, but appendages to see live action, you know, Revan, Malik, yeah, still all that type of shit. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like I feel like for something like this, Disney wanted or Lucasfilm wanted direct control over it in a way. Like, yeah, they let these writers, like, cook this shit up themselves, but all these writers... Well, yeah, it's not like those fucking dolts could figure anything out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I know, Pablo and them got some spots in the video, yeah. but re- really, what did they do? Yeah, Pablo was just... Pablo literally told them, like, he, so, he was on there, and we're like, we just let them do whatever they wanted. It's like... It seems like that's what the story uh, you know is what? good at. I, I, I wish I was Pablo Hidalgo. That guy has the best job of all time because he just kind of fucking hangs out and every once in a while writes a visual dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's and, pretty and, sweet. You know, apparently he's he's looked at by the fans as the keeper of lore because he's on the, the fucking story group. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. Pretty sweet gig for Pablo there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he wields some power. But... Yeah, if you guys haven't seen the the trailer, the announcement trailer for the High Republic stuff, it will be in the post shell for this podcast, so check it out. It's worth it. If you read books occasionally, pick this one up. It's probably going to be a good, a good place <laughs> to start, you know? I mean, dude, I don't, this isn't going to be a light read, at least the Sule one. I mean, maybe the, the young adult or how, I could probably handle the, the children novel. Yeah, yeah. So the, the slate that is being released... Um, excuse me, in August is Star Wars, The High Republic. Uh, there's two comic books. So one of them is High Republic, a test. Uh, no, it's not. I think it's called Convergence. Um, one, there is the young adult novel that's called A Test of Courage that's written by Justina Ireland. 
Then you have Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. And then you have Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. I believe that's another like standard novel. And then there is a villains-focused comic the, as well. The only adult is from Charles. Okay, so the the Into the Dark by Claudia Gray may be the young that, adult That's one. the young adult. Yeah. That's and then, the young adult. The Justine is the kid. Yeah, and then there's... Uh, older is one... Of the, he's the IDW comic. Yes. Cav, Kevin Scott is the Marvel comic. And then Sule's got the big, the, you know, the, the big adult book. one. Yeah, so that's all your content coming starting in October. August of this year, so keep an eye out for it. Um, and that brings us to the end of our standard topics for Dude, this week. Google just fucking blasts our our page with ads. It's hilarious. It does. <laughs> That's not me. Like I don't know what how your system handles ads, but uh, you know we use Google's new ad code, which essentially is just like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. That's and it literally just fills shit in in, in spaces where it thinks it should go, and there there's sometimes a, a jillion. <laughs> wow, well, yeah, I don't ha- I have an ad blocker on for somebody who works in marketing. It's funny to say that, but I do have it. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I have an ad for ad. someone running a website. He's blocking the ad. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I didn't make my fucking half a milla 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 penny from Nick. Milla cent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Let's get on to our our top five this week. And That's Matt, it. Hell yeah, it is, dude. It's time for that top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And as we've been doing, I, I kind of like touching on some of the fan interactions, maybe some fan news. And I'm talking Star Wars time fans. That's right. We've got some fans. Get with it. We're huge. At least 400 downloads, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. So, uh, kind of around the horn this week, and some of the interaction or Inter- interaction. <laughs> that's kind of creepy. What the hell am I doing here? That's what. Now you guys know what happens when when you send through stuff to Matt on IG. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know what I might be wearing or what I might be doing. Uh, but anyways, got a nice uh, nice little note here. Some feedback from actually listening to the show. This is almost like email, I guess. And this comes from. Action figure snaps with a Z. Yeah, he was featured in our top five. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been featured recently by Lord Nick. Uh, but uh, this one I think is kind of addressed at me because uh, really within the first two words, you know, it's not targeted at Nick, but your rage. So that's what gives it away. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your rage on toy photography the last few weeks is my favorite part. So fucking funny. I feel your pain, brother. There we go. P.S. Keep killing the podcast game. You got it. Nice. All right. We love you. Thank you. Action figure snaps. Uh, I agree. I'll try to rage out during this segment, and I think I probably will, because (laughs) we are doing a a new little wrinkle, as we discussed last week, and Nick has picked a shot of mine, a shot I do not know what he he has chosen, and I'm going to be kind of presented to it blindly, and I'm just going to riff on it, so I probably will get angry for you <laughs> uh next up my buddy here uh, our buddy rust belt collector uh he sent us a a story i mean he, it looks like he actually did a little skit at work i don't know he's probably listening at work there we appreciate you wasting your company's time listening to us but he said hey at star wars time show i heard you might be hiring in the complaint management area <laughs> i have a good deal of experience hit me up and it shows him with a video shredding something that says complaint 
you know, kind of giving a <laughs> nod to a, a famous TV series. So, nice. Uh, that was always fun. Uh, you can always count on Greg getting a mention. I mean, he's already been discussed early in the show. I mean, Greg is always on our minds. Uh, but I have to highlight <laughs> fucking behind the scenes this motherfucking nut took. I don't know if you saw this one, Nick. I mean, he he posted a, a static and a video. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the picture now. I probably should have sent it to you because it would have been better for radio, but we're stupid. But he's literally outside wearing a Sir Dork t-shirt with a, a Stormtrooper helmet on with sparklers attached to the yes. front of his camera. I'm looking at this now. <laughs> with a with an open flame shooting WD-40 into it. Yeah. Greg. <laughs> uh, this is all, I mean, dude, this is the greatest picture of all time. I have to put this in the video version of the podcast oh man greg is uh safety first greg safety first my friend oh my god i mean it it is it is so star wars black series 2019 i mean this is this is greg bird for you this is perfect greg bird we don't need the first death (laughs) on our hands for somebody trying to make the star wars time top five yeah yeah to get the to get the behind the scenes shot i mean to me as a photographer having live sparklers taped to the camera lens that is just fucking amazing oh yeah oh yeah it's it's that's absolutely oh, nice. <laughs> i love it i absolutely like i had to mention that and again you know buddy we feel bad for you on that breakout that blows yeah sorry man uh but just just fantastic man i mean please don't please don't kill yourself like nick said yeah don't blow uh, yourself but up. it's it is good for a laugh and i am definitely uh paying attention nice uh so a few other notes before we actually get into the top five here uh the 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 stuff with x clue you know i've been mentioning x clue magazine again just been talking to jack you know they've they've kind of rebranded from x clue x clue collective into x clue magazine uh they're kind of branching out to a lot more pop culture stuff so that's kind of where we come in and our partnership with them and they're going to be sharing a lot more of our content. Uh, we're actually going to have a feature in their uh, mega issue. I don't know if it's issue 100 or something like that. But uh, Jack asked me to participate in that and just kind of do a little article there to, you know, incorporate Star Wars time more with X Who Magazine. But, you know, we're, we're going to try to hopefully do a little more uh, synergy between himself, Star Wars time. It looks like the toy photo cast from Dagobah customs is up in that so just wanted to make that you know drop some updates on that deal uh you know we've, we've been working with some people in upcoming interviews so if you're interested you know where to get us on the dm we're, we're trying to work on everything kylo but uh homeboy does not have a mic of any sort so we're uh, we kind of stopped at that nick i don't <laughs> know if you, you saw those dms no you you tasked me with it so i took it on personally but that that's where we're at that's yeah, kind of a wall i was like okay well he jesse jesse hit me up on the personal on the personal ig and i told him we could make it happen but we can make it happen under the right circumstance i will say this buddy uh go pick up a 20 dollar mic from walmart I mean, mm-hmm. worst comes to worst. If he has a like a smartphone or something, I guess we could do the Skype deal. But oh, yeah. you know, qu- quality wise, wouldn't be 
if sometimes those uh, ideal may may want to test it just with like some iPhone headphones. Sometimes don't those don't sound all that bad. Um, yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so if it's if that's something that you could try out, Jesse, if you're listening. Give but yeah, I mean, there's other people we're we're uh, hoping to get Rebel Jawa on, someone that has participated in a few actual official Disney deals because of toy photography. Uh, I've got my my stunt buddy somewhat guilted into potentially doing this. There you know, we he's go. Big time. Big time, but I can get him on, and I'm sure he can say some inflammatory shit to either get me all fired up or at least get some of you listeners fired up because he he's not a, he's definitely in the fandom menace. There's no doubt about it. There we go. There we go. So some things. Uh, in the also, pipeline. I got another little. It looks like, and I hate to call the these people this proteges, but they do come and ask me stuff on Haywood Pop, and there's a new one here, uh, Galactic Photo Guy. Uh, has been hitting me up for some tips, and I believe uh, it's, he's a, a young one there. So That's awesome. See, look at that. Yeah, I, I, again, like I said, it's always surprising to me that people want to ask me for tips, but, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give them. And, and you know, it, maybe some of my tips will one day lead to you getting into the top five segment, which my man right here curates after, you know, I slave away throughout mm-hmm. the week looking through all the shots that you motherfuckers are now hashtagging Star Wars Time Show as well as tagging the account Star Wars Time Show at Star Wars Time Show. And we appreciate it. Trust me, you, you've my mornings now have now requiring me to get up even earlier so I can get on with my real life while dealing with all the beautiful fan art you are submitting. So anyways, I throw them up there. Nick spends, you know, a few minutes. He swipes up and down, does mm-hmm. kind of like a lottery, closes his eyes, and then taps <laughs> on five pictures, and then we get the top five. That no, is... I mean, honestly, he takes his time. You know how serious this is. You you know we have people out there that are are literally chomping at the bit to know when or what they can do to so, get themselves featured. I'm talking to you, Barron's Black Series. I know. We, we hear you. We, we, we've been following the little breadcrumbs you've been leaving about this – the shoot you have planned so hopefully it will first you know obviously you got to get past the gatekeeper that's me but the real person you have to impress is nick so here he (laughs) is with this week's top five yes this week's top five and i will say so this week we our little wrinkle like matt mentioned is a breakdown of a haywood pop shot last week our wrinkle was an honorable mention so that's gonna be kind of how we rotate the the top five editions uh, week over week. So next week, the honorable mention will be back. But this week, our top five, I kind of had a feel to me this week. And, you know, I often don't get like themes within my top five other than most of them, ah, 99.5% of them. He had a feeling, he had a funny feeling somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, 99.5% of my top fives will always have some sort of trooper in there. Uh, Stormtrooper, clone trooper, one of those kind of, you know, first order trooper types of characters. But this week I had like a something was speaking to me about portraits and those a lot of those made it in the top five. So to kick things off, I went with my standard ninety nine point five percent of the time theme, and that is a trooper egg attack trooper shot from J O Z three o three. Dude, I believe this is a a brand new find for myself. I think it's someone that just found the show or the hashtag movement. Uh, so this is, it's impressive that 
And I also, I think I shared this shot yesterday, literally, the day of your choosing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like so Mondays. Hey, hey, Jay Eyes, if you're listening, I mean, you should almost maybe get down and, and bow to, to Nick. I think to uh, get this type of treatment. <laughs> it's, it's lucky to make it on there for your huh. first time for sure. This guy, I believe, on the top five posts that I put out there, um, Cryo Photography, our, our new buddy from. Uh, from IG says that uh, that J J Oz J O Z is is uh, his bud, his one of his friends. So all right, so no, yeah, Cryo's been kind of going out. He's almost like a a talent scout now, an, an evangelist spreading the yeah, good it's word. Almost, yeah, it's almost. I I think he's he's gotten shooed away from people too, or blocked from doing <laughs> it. But he, because oh, everybody's man. like, hey man, I, I like these guys. This podcast Star Wars, you should listen to the show. And hey, if you like. They'd probably like this art, and he tags us or like drops the hashtag, there and I'll see go. it that way. But and yeah, look at look at this. You know, hey, it pays off to pay. You know, the more you know, the more people you know on IG in the toy photography community. You never know. You can you can reach these heights as quick as that. Yeah, look at Jaws. Like literally, I I can't believe this. I mean, got discovered, shared. And put in the top five, probably all within the same day. It's fucking crazy. I mean, and he's another That's a new record. It has to be a new record. Another Australian too, Jamie Hank. Oh, yeah. that, that's uh, poor Nick is just kicking Greg I while he's down I at this point. I feel bad now. I didn't know. It's a good thing Spencer's not Australian. Oh, man, I really think he would it. go catch his hat on. <laughs> but uh, I mean, this shot from from Jay Oz is actually pretty cool. I I, I really do like these egg attack figures, specifically the the uh, stormtrooper variants of those. And what he has here is that he's literally, it's a stormtrooper leading a dew back to water. And I really like, first off, what I, I think is really cool is the environment that he, he, he picked for this shot. It's a really awesome, just spot the water, the, the, oh, beach, yeah. the I rocks. mean, this to me is a completely naturally lit setup shot. I mean, this is, how i started yeah and i miss it i wish i could get back to just not caring about all the other bullshit i do now rolling out with some figures my gear and just setting them up in nature and seeing what it gives me yeah and what nature gave jas here was a pretty fucking awesome shot he even has some weathering on the figure i don't know if that's intentional weathering or if that's just like you know the weathering that happened from being outside that day but Overall, I really do like the aesthetic of this shot. I really like the the way that the figures are posed, and 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 just you know, I, I think it's a really it's different. It's something that we haven't really seen before. Kind of the naturalistic side of Star Wars. So I I, I credit Jay Oz for that. So well done. At yeah, it's good stuff. But again, because you know you got this this uh, honor so soon. <laughs> Now it's time to start stroking our ego. Yeah. Right? So, story shares. Tell us how great we are. You know, tell Nick how awesome he is for picking you so soon. <laughs> so come on. There we go. Come on. Let's um, go. This is a two-way street. At J O Z three O three three zero three on Instagram. Good job, sir. In all seriousness, it it really is. I just I love the just the organic feel to this one yeah that's what really kind of attracted me to it so um at j-o-z-303 on instagram next up is another new top fiver and this is at paramore mcr88 and this is the start of uh of a run of three portraits that i have up here 
and this is just a a straight up portrait of Scavenger Ray, and what really? Yeah, I'm starting to wish I had this. This is a Hot Toys, by the way. It's a big one, you know, like the Barbies. Yeah. Uh, th- this really is. I think this one, and then there's an Island Journey Ray. Uh, you know, like the end of TFA outfit. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of regretting I don't have those at this scale. I mean, this... Because they, they are good-looking figures. Yeah, this, this figure here is... I mean, the one, the figure's great, but two, like, the, the lighting effects done by... Right. Um, by Paramore, and then just the... I don't know if that was done in post or if that's actually, like, a ring light on her, like, in her eye. No, I was going to say, it, it looks like he's using a ring light. Yeah, like... Just the, the detail that he was able to capture in this figure's face. And right, it is. Those eyes, they are they, they become very captivating because of that, that reflection. Yeah, and that's what really drew me to this. I, like, I, I was scrolling through the feed, and I saw this figure. I was like, man, are those eyes, like, real? Like, are those- yeah, it, 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 it provides a level of realness that's almost creepy. Yeah, it's like almost uncanny valley, like, if you know anything about animation or... or or like digital figures or even like robotics the uncanny valley is like this this point in in realistic human recreation where it's like it's so real that it is creepy like that is kind of what it is and you're not at quite uncanny valley with this figure but it looks so good and it's just the way that paramore was able to capture the essence of ray with this the lighting done in the eyes and on the reflection, the red light reflection on, on the face um, just overall. And like her lips, are her lips really that color? Or is that something that he did in like to the figure? Uh, he might've deepened them a little bit with a burn here or there and dodged your teeth to make them pop a bit. But I, I don't think there's a ton of uh, post-processing done on that sculpt. Yeah. I mean, it's just Overall, just a well-done portrait shot here by Paramore MCR88. So give that person a follow on Instagram. Um, beautiful work. Beautiful work there. Um, next up, another portrait, except of the other side of the Age of Resistance trilogy, the dark side of the Age the of dyad, Resistance trilogy. The other, yes, the other member of the dyad. <laughs> this is... Duh. You forget all about dyads in the force. Already, dude. We, we knew about that all along. I know. We we've known about that since '77. Common shit. <laughs> it's it's the same. It's up there with the chosen one legend. You're right. You're right. That is my fault. I will scold myself after this podcast. Um, but we have a, a great portrait photographer or photograph here of Kylo Ren wielding his lightsaber. This is by Adam uh, dot figure frame on Instagram. And again, it's just like it's a pretty straight up portrait of TFA Kylo, right? Or is this, yeah, TFA Kylo? T, this is yeah, yeah, that's not, definitely TFA Kylo. Yeah, it's not Tross. He's got the, the, the raggedy ass hood. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like sometimes just a simple portrait, for, you know, shot with a, a good soft goods cloak and then really good post processing effects on the lightsaber is what really makes this one kind of pop out on the feed. I was going to say, uh, to me, and I, I guess I'll kind of sell myself out here, but uh, a reason you don't see me do a ton of Kylo shots is because I fucking hate trying to create his lightsaber. It is a fucking nightmare. There's no easy way to do it. You got to use brushes and do this and that and this and that and this and that and layer that and this. It's just like 
by the time I'm done reading the, the circle jerk of directions, I'm like, fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> so that's a hundred. I mean, I, I, I love the character. He makes a good figure. He makes a good subject, as we can see from figure frames portrait here. But I, I don't I specifically avoid shooting him, especially with his, uh, his lightsaber out, because I suck at post-processing. Yeah. Adam figure frame does not. So, I mean, this exactly. is an excellent shot here. Yes. That really makes it sing. So, um, at Adam dot figure frame on Instagram. Beautiful job. Um, next up is actually not a, a toy photograph at all. This is a, an original piece of work by Riyadh Cassiem uh, on Instagram. R-I-Y-A-H-D underscore C-A-S-S-I-E-M. Oh, yeah. This thing is fucking filthy. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a ZBrush creation, so it's a piece of 3D art that he made himself, and it's a, to me, it's actually a combination of, of a few different familiar Star Wars themes, so... First off, you have the Darth Vader mask that takes up about three quarters of the figure's face, but the 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 wrinkle on it is that it's a lot more. Man, it's it's hard to describe. Like, it's a it's it's organic. It's yeah. almost like the 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 plastic or the the cybernetic pieces are grafted into Anakin's skin versus being a helmet. Yeah, exactly. And the the eye, like the the actual eye of the helmet is more pronounced and it's got like a blue light in it, which is really Yeah, I, I don't know, cool. Nick, did you did you dive into his account a bit and, and kind of scroll back to when he was riffing on this concept? Because he does have different versions of of his Vader concept. I do see, yeah, I do see a few different Yeah, you ones. see how he is, like, he's very, uh, he's almost like the, the, the Terminators in Terminator Genesis, the, the far future ones, or even the most recent one, where they're almost like nano. Yeah, nano. They're made out of nanobots and shit. Yeah. That's kind of what this Vader's like. I mean, it almost looks like a, a statue at times, but to me it's like that that nano structure building itself out into his appendages and shit. Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. and Yeah, he has a whole bunch of wrists on Vader that are just fucking far out. Uh, but, but the one you know I picked and then you featured here is definitely like, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty. That's pretty interesting. Pretty fucking sick. And it's then, like it's almost like Sub Zero Vader Anakin, right? Yeah. And and one other thing that I wanted to bring up is if you've ever played the Star Wars: The Old Republic video game MMO PC game, um, there was a character in that called his name was Arkin, and he was the the son of the Lost Emperor in. Uh, in the unknown regions at that time, the guy's name was, oh God, it slips my, Valkorian, Emperor, Emperor Valkorian's son, Arkin. And one of his key features is that there was a mask that he used to wear that was blown up. Like when he was, like an explosion went off around him and the mask was halfway grafted to his face. So this concept of Vader here reminds me a lot of Arkin from... Well, well hell, I mean, it's also kind of what was going to happen to Kylo in Duel of the Fates. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Where, I mean, he was almost going to have shit grafted into him, slash helmet pieces. Yeah. So here, Matt, I'll, I'll slack you a, an image of this from the Star Wars fandom wiki. But that featured image of Arkin, like, really reminds me of this, this piece here done by, by Riyadh Cassium. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just overall, really fucking cool concept, really just amazing execution. This is another person that should probably be working for Lucasfilm with the level of detail and the, and the level of creativity that he was able to put into this uh, into this piece of art. So, uh, at R-I-Y-A-H-D underscore C-A-S-S-I-E-M on Instagram. Uh, beautiful, beautiful piece of work here. Oh, man, there's like a... He has a red version, too, down yeah, there. Yeah, he, he does. I saw that on my screen. Red down and blue. So, yeah, beautiful job. Um, uh, next up on the top five, that was the end of our portrait. So the final entry of the top five this week is actually from Fett Ventures, F-E-T-T underscore Ventures on Instagram. And it's another really cool concept piece where you have the emperor... Um, standing there next to his throne in a, in and he, he uses like <laughs> he uses a uh, homeboy's line from Tross. Yeah, you know where like literally it's Beaumont Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a very brief line, but it's all they do to describe how Palpatine's back. Yeah. Dark science, cloning secrets only the Sith knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what we see is uh, is you know. God. Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Emperor Palpatine, standing in his throne room, and he has a Sith holocron there that he's activated, and yeah. the essence of Darth <laughs> Revan has come from... I love that. Yeah. yeah. That effect is badass. That's what that's what really drew me to this shot, is this effect that, that Fett Ventures was able to put on this Darth Revan piece and really make it look like a fucking ghost coming out of this holocron. Oh, it's great. And and, and mind you, these are these are the little guys, dude. Three these are the three inch. and three quarter inch. Wow. So Wow. It these are a I'd say a step up in articulation from a Funko Pop, which has zero. Yeah. I mean uh, he, these you can pretty much bend their fucking elbow joints and maybe their hips. So even more impressive to know that that Fett Ventures was able to pull off this level of sophistication in this shot with these, you know, three, 3.75 inches. So, I mean, it's really, really cool concept. Also, it looks like there's some mix, mix scale going in there because those space walls look like they're meant for 112. And I'm pretty sure that's the Snoke throne from the, uh, yeah, from the TLJ uh, six inch, uh, Snoke set. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just thought that this was a really cool concept and, you know, it's well, well executed by Fett Ventures. So, um, at F E T T underscore ventures, V N T U R E S on Instagram. So beautiful job. And that brings us to the Haywood Uh-oh. pop shot. I, I still haven't seen it as a time. Should I scroll up? You should scroll up. It's time for you to give us a breakdown of this shot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun uh, shot. I thought this was... This is a fun shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the one Nick pick, uh, you know, obviously you'll see it if you're looking at the YouTube version here. Uh, it's a shot. It's a it's kind of a, a, a derpy shot. <laughs> but I've got uh, the figure arts Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. So if you bought that, you know that the face sculpts are a little far out. And the <laughs> one I have is the one where it looks like he has, he's trying to clear his sphincter of, <laughs> you know, severe constipation. So I've got him doing that. And the pose, you know, he's got his, his arms bent up like he's, he's going, ah, like yelling. And, uh, you know, then behind him, I've got his buddy Obi-Wan. Again, the figure arts Obi-Wan Kenobi 
from Revenge of the Sith, both of these guys. And and he's got his iconic, you know, two-finger peace symbol saber stance. So I've got that behind Anakin, essentially giving him rabbit ears. <laughs> and my, uh, my caption initially was, silly shot for a really silly face sculpt. And it was. It's kind of a dumb shot. This is a shot that, uh, you know, I considered throwing away. Pretty much every shot that I whittle down and put into my processing folder, at one point I look at it and I go, why do you even do this hobby, you asshole? <laughs> uh, why not? Why, like, look at this thing. It, it just looks stupid. Uh, the pose is stupid. The lighting's off. Anakin's face is blown out with, you know, the highlights. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm still also someone that's like, well, if you took the time to do the shoot, whittle down the shots, you decided to keep it, you were going to process it, uh, you started to process it, you might as well just fucking run with it. So, you know, I kind of, this one I can tell you I did doctor up. I used some fake-ass smoke there that's like post-processing Okay, smoke, I was going to ask about that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not something I prefer to do these days. I'd rather, you know, kill the environment with my atmosphere <laughs> aerosol or use fireworks or uh, these days I might look into that thing. If, if those of you that listen to my interview with work more or less, he was talking about this uh, cosplay smoke system that that's portable. You can take it outside, inside. It you know uses some science to get you some really thick fog. But, I, you know, that, that I kind of prefer that. But anyways, I, I cheated there because this shot, Nick, it was just so basic. I mean, I had no thrown sand in it. It was literally, I threw this up. I, I remember the day. It was, here's, here's the best part. I, when did I actually post this? October 19th. Yeah, okay, 16th. so I post this October 2019. I took it May of 2019. Were you on a beach? Yeah, okay. I was at Rehoboth Beach in Delaware for a little break we like to do now that my kid's a little older. I used to go there when I was a little kid. I love it. It's great for, for children. You got boardwalks, all this fun shit. But yeah, I always try to bring some figures when I go to the beach because you never know what, what type of scenery you could get. So I got some time and literally just in front of my towel, we're throwing these assholes up there and uh, as we've discussed, unlike the pros out there, those that produce some amazing looking scenes, I never have a plan ever. I just fucking throw figures in a bag, roll down, and if it moves me, I'm like, all right, let's, what can I do? And that's probably why some of my shots suck. And, you know, that, that's the story of this one. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's typical Haywood pop. It's months and months and months old before it got released. Uh, it's nothing too special. Uh, anyone with two two fingers <laughs> that work could have set this shot up. Uh, and anyone that knows how to focus the camera could have taken this shot. Well, there it is. The humble breakdown from <laughs> from Matt Haywood himself. But um Is that is that kind of how we want this segment no, to go? No, yeah, I like it. I like how you kind of gave the story behind the shot and everything like that. I think it's super helpful, and I'm sure that there are people out there who may I I mean, I'll I'll give you more insights. When I first released this, I was expecting it to die a quick death like most of my shots do. But for the time, you know, this is, and I guess I should also include kind of key Nick in into recent IG developments, but... Uh, Haywood pops back in jail. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was probably getting a little too cocky. I was starting to 
act like you normal people and embrace positive thinking. <laughs> but the moment I fucking did it, I'm right back in, in I'm, I'm on the outs with IG algo. It, it's, it's very clear. Uh, recent shots are, are lucky to get into the 200s, good or bad. So don't well, but, but but back to this when i released this that i was definitely in in the doldrums of of shitsville you know uh, uh never getting anything like if i did not release a shot during during a toy pop session it, it was getting maybe 110 likes so this shot released dur- during a non toy pop session did 379 so it actually went over well with the followers that could see it once again, proving that I have no fucking clue what people want to see on my page, and I just keep fucking my shit up, which is why I'm probably back in IG, IG algo hell at this point in time. We'll get you back out of there, guys. I, I mean, we'll it was nice. Out. It was a, it was probably the best six weeks you had, I've like ever had on the platform. Hundred like shot there too. That yeah, that, I, you know, dude, I, you're right. I had three thousand liker plusers. I added almost a thousand new followers in about four or five weeks. That's awesome. Uh, but now it's it's funny how literally they can just pull that fucking rug right out from you. Yeah. And you don't know what you did. It's like, okay, was it because I kept tagging your twenty people limit? Were motherfuckers blocking me, reporting me for tagging and not just saying, "Hey, stop"? I don't know. So. Yeah, I- I'm I'm right back to having pretty much zero confidence and considering if i should ever do this again (laughs) we'll get it back we'll get it back out there for for those of you listening matt is currently at 49.93 followers on on instagram let's bump it to five five k oh yeah all dude all this was just recent too this was a huge push because i remember i hit four grand before the year rolled but I had to beg and plead, like, big accounts, like, hey, can you guys, like, maybe push something out in your story? I mean, I, yeah, like, that type of scumbag. Yeah. But then, like I said, just something finally happened. It was like my account got out of jail. People, I, my shots were getting more reach. Some were showing up and explore. I was really adding a fan base that liked what I was doing, not just all my old Funko Pop people, this, that, and the other thing. And then this week, towards the end of last week, I could start to feel it within the force. There was a disturbance. <laughs> and now, you know, just like Palpatine kind of pulled the wool over you, and I'm, I'm, I'm fucked all over again. So We'll get it back. We'll get it back. Get him to 5K. But, you know, the, the reason I brought that up only is because this shot did kind of pop when I really, IG really fucking hated me. So you never know. It, there, there's a lesson for you people if you're like me and you fucking hate yourself mostly and you think you suck at this type of shit like being creative yeah, maybe other people don't think you suck so it's true it's very true. still share it and prepare t- for the disappointment but uh you know maybe you'll get surprised all right well there we go and that brings us to the end of our top five yeah, so, I mean, that was fun, and, and we're not always going to do the Haywood Pop thing because it's probably just going to be too depressing for myself because uh, right now, I mean, after a record-breaking podcast yet again, uh, I was already starting to feel a little woozy, but, you know, after talking about my Haywood Pop life and my shot, um, I'm just getting kind of sad, so... Uh, we're not going to do this all the time, but, you know, Nick will be throwing in honorable mentions here or there just to, to liven things up. So it no longer is just the top five. It's the top five plus one. 
You just don't know what plus one you're going to get. Are you going to get the, the whiny, mopey guy? Or are we going to honor yet another toy photographer? All right, well, as Nick said, top five is over. So it's time to do the Star Wars Time Show dance. And that dance entails getting over to StarWarsTime.net where you can check out our other type of content, the videos I put out there that no one seems to give a shit about, and that I should just get the message on and quit doing them. But... If you're new, you can also find all of our uh, subscription links to whatever podcast platform you want. I'm telling you, we got Pandora, iHeart, iTunes, Google, Android, Stitcher, TuneIn. Do I need to list any more? No. Thank you. All right. StarWarsTime.net. Just hit it up. Get keyed in to the Star Wars Time Show. Be it a, if you're a longtime fan or a new fan. Subscribe, right? You don't want to miss it. Don't rely on us dropping stuff on IG. Subscribe. Notify yourself for alerts for new content on YouTube, on your podcast platforms, because you need the Star Wars Time Show in your life as soon as a fresh episode releases. There's always time for Star Wars Time. Don't forget that. You need it. You want it to get more of it. You must subscribe, rate, like, review, comment, share, and pass along. All right, people, it's been real. It's always fun talking Star Wars with you all. Please hit us up on IG. You know where to find us. We'll mix you into this new segment that is currently and will forever be evolving, and that's because we love you. We really do this shit for all you knuckleheads on the IG, on the other socials that interact. Because if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, you all know this, the fans do, but the new ones might not. If you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. Always.